everyone, and welcome to the 25th episode of Slime Time, the official Dragon Quest Dragon's Den podcast. This is Platyam3. And this is Liam Land. So I have some exciting news. I have a new addition to my family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've already heard about your daughter plenty. No, 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 no. I'm talking about my, my Quest of the Stars Falcon Blade. I finally got one. You finally got one of those things? Did you yeah. uh, sell your soul to Mortimer? No, no, I had a I had a moment one night at like 1.30 a.m. where I just suddenly felt lucky on a 10-pull Tombola, and like, uh, there it was. Mm, congratulations. Uh, ever since I've been married, I've not had any uh, luck with uh, 1.30 a.m. pulls, or uh, well, nothing, nothing good happens at 1.30. Are we still talking about the game? It's a game, all right, but it's a game <laughs> of cat and mouse. <laughs> cat and mouse. All right. All right. Talking about cat and mouse, somebody we've uh, tried to get on here for a while and finally joining us tonight. We have a Dragon's Den regular. And uh, if you just go into the Dragon's Den, you look at people who uh, post a lot. Um, looking at the past post count for the past decade, you'll see me, you'll see Yangus, and you will see this member also in the top three. Please welcome Eel to the party. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to the podcast. Hey, you hey, finally got me. Yes. And now you'll be back forever and ever. <laughs> All right. Let's get to know you a little bit better before we uh, get on to talking about some Dragon Quest monsters tonight. Sounds good. So, Eel, how long have you been on the den and why did you join? I think it's been, um, I want to say, a decade and change, like literally as of August. I think nice. it was August 2010. All right. Well, happy anniversary. <laughs> I, uh, I joined because Dragon Quest Nine had just come out, and I was like really into it. And every time I tried to look up like guides and stuff, I always end up on the den. And I was like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm on here like seven times a day. There's a forum. I might as well join. <laughs> That's how we get people. Yeah. <laughs> every big game. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it would happen with uh, Eleven. Never ends up happening. No, it get... really didn't. But I think forums are dead now. It's all the discords, wow. it's all the Twitters. Gotta, you gotta get that instant gratification. Everything I'm not on. <laughs> uh, I think if it wasn't for this podcast, I wouldn't be on Twitter anymore. Or I, I think I like I look at my Twitter and it's like, oh yeah, you joined back in like 2011 or something. I was like, I did? You know, whatever. Was the, just... When I was doing social media, Twitter was like the least toxic place for me. It was all like Snapchat and Facebook. Mm. Yeah, Facebook, uh, I will say the uh, COVID has pretty much killed my participation in Facebook. This year. <laughs> it, I still have flashbacks from the 2016 election. Oh, I was talking oh, yeah, about that's every day on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. So a couple of my cousins got into it yesterday on Facebook. And one is a very ultra conservative Christian just retired from the fire department. And he posted something about like, wake up people. You know, it's not climate change. There's people setting fires out in the West. And he posted some article about some guy who's posted, like, who's started 10 of these wildfires. And um, one of my other cousins is like, oh, well, yeah, I mean, that accounts for some of it. But, you know, global warming is kind of one reason why all this keeps going and whatever. And he, he posted some other stuff about, like, you know, hate to get political, but whatever. And my first cousin came back and I'm like, who told you to comment on my post? Like, 
you've not been out there fighting fires. I've done it for 30. And I mean, I was like, holy cow, I've never in my life heard my cousin or seen him type or say anything like this. And so, yeah, my other cousin called me up today. We're having this chat about it. And I'm like, I, yikes. And in the meet, while we're talking about this, I was like, oh, by the way, you know, your uncle unfriended me way back in 2016 <laughs> during the election. Because he was talking about, like, you know, there's family members we just can't talk to stuff about because certain people are just, like, unreasonable. They, they just can't, like, laugh it off or argue and be done with it. They got to be like, how dare you? Yeah. And well, my, I, my, my heart goes out to the people, like, affected by all the fires and everything. But I, I, I hope the silver lining out of this is that it puts an end to gender reveal parties. <laughs> Oh, we did one for the first kid. And, you know, it was a simple we cut into the cake. That was it. And it was on Easter. Like, it just so happened that that was the time that it came on. So I was like, well, you know, we're going to be together with like eight family members anyway. So it wasn't really a party. It was just like, hey, Easter dinner's over. Let's ha open a cake. And then I don't know. I can't remember if we were planning on doing it with the second one or not. But um, it was real early on. And I, I think it was even before the like, the the date that you're supposed to know the gender yeah um, wife's always been high risk and she was just in there one day and the doctor's like well he looks like he's doing great and she's like, oh, <laughs> spoiler yep yeah, yeah spoiler, she spoiler. <laughs> that day she's like fuck it nope we're not doing anything nice uh <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's the, this this fire thing though did it started with like what was the guy shooting an arrow or something with like a fire on it is that is that how it started or how how, how does one get to a, a, a like a gigantic massive blaze from a gender reveal party that was just fireworks oh was that it it was fireworks yeah i actually can't seem to find a a reason because i'll I've been getting all my news on this from like memes, like directly yeah. from memes. <laughs> I was gonna say at this point, it's yeah, more of a, it, it's well, it's true, but it's already an urban legend. Like yeah, right. I'm just imagining like Ed Muir Tully, like the guy from Game of Thrones, like who's a real shit <laughs> arrow. Like he's just terrible with like shooting arrows, and and he just <laughs> like he missed the target and just hit the forest instead. I mean, they they might have lived next to some conservation land. You know, I was hearing up. pyrotechnics were involved. Yes. And you see that word pyrotechnics, it, it could just be a freaking sparkler. Yeah. You got to make it sound better than it, it really is. They got the guy from the Metallica concert who almost burned Hetfield to a crisp. <laughs> but I mean, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cigarettes out the window and start this stuff. So yeah. whatever. All right. So, so yeah. Okay. <laughs> After all that, let's circle back around. <laughs> Eel, when you uh, joined up with the Den, how did you come up with that username? So, I'm about to drop a bomb on you. Uh, you uh, guys have been pronouncing my name incorrectly for a while now. Oh, wow. uh, well, I've been pronouncing it because it's my initials. It's uh, E-A-L are my initials. So oh. that's how I've been pronouncing it. E-A-L. I don't really care how you guys pronounce it. I just thought it was always funny. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's like it's like the woodest woodest thing. I mean, I think I was on the den 15 years. Like, oh, I'm on Woodus.com. And he was like, oh, no, it's Woodus. Well, yeah, I, I think I found, I think I I found that out. I was really like, confused where that, where that came from. I found that out when we first recorded with him, I think. You know, like, episode two of the podcast. Yeah, and, I mean, there wasn't any really big story. It was just, like, a nickname from high school. Yeah. And, oh, so it was a nickname? It wasn't even his, uh, his like, last name or anything? Nope. Nope. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't it does even, it's not even close to his name. I even listened to that episode too. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that I think what it is is it just hits so like oh okay, 
it, it becomes unmemorable because you're like, oh, well, it's just a nickname. <laughs> Got it. Okay, moving on. <laughs> I mean, the kids, the kids at school call me Mr. Moose, but I have like this whole long story I go into about this kid who couldn't write their own name correctly and jokes that went on for a year before I ended up getting the nickname Mr. Moose. So like, I've got this whole story and his was, I, I, when he told it, he was like, Oh yeah, somebody called me this one time and you know, just kind of stuck as nicknames might happen in high school. And there you go. Where he was Moose looking for domain from? names. That was it. Where did Moose come from? You're, 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 you're not Moose. Yeah, that's what it was. It was, some kid who couldn't write their own name correctly. It was this girl named Aniston, and she'd leave the N off her name. So I called her Anisto, and I used to do it in like the good old Mario brother accent. I was like, yo, Anisto, you bring a pizza pie with your paper that you turned it in? And she just was like, that's annoying, but I want you to keep telling me that because it's going to motivate me. It was a fifth grader that I'd had for years. She's like, it's going to motivate me to find something. And like they had to write in cursive, so I was writing my name one day. And the A didn't close, so it looked like an MU. And she started with Moosum. And, you know, yeah. today that would be like, you are offensive, like sir. <laughs> so, yes, now I have like 70 stuffed moose in my classroom and 3D printed moose and moose paintings that are painted by a kid who's about to graduate college. So, cool. But no, I don't think uh, Wudis's story was that long, even. <laughs> uh. So, uh, Eel, how did you get into the series? Uh, so I got into it the way a lot of people seem to have gotten into it. I got a, a free thing in a magazine. I got the uh, I got the demo for uh, Dragon Quest Eight and Shonen Jump back when that was still running as like a physical magazine you get stores. And uh, I was really into that was like right when I was really into Dragon Ball Z. So I was like, oh, this they had, I think it had an interview with Kira Toriyama and everything it, in it. I was really excited. I actually bought. I was subscribed to the magazine to read Dragon Ball Z. Mm-hmm. So so I put the demo in. My dad had a PlayStation 2, and I was I was quite bad at it. I don't think I ever actually beat the the first boss. The uh, the demo had I I don't actually know how far it went in. I assume you would beat the first boss, and that was it. But it dropped you right in the um the first town. Was it uh, Farbury? Yeah, Far Farbury. Uh, yeah, it drops you right there. It doesn't give you any of the uh, the preamble in the of mm-hmm. the game. And then you just go around doing everything in uh, up until I assume the final the the, the first boss. Yeah, and, the and man guy. For, is, that, for some, is it Krakos? Uh, I don't remember. Yeah, uh, I remember but I mean, I don't even know why I was like, you know what? I'm really bad at this game. Let's actually get the game when it comes out and let's play it. <laughs> and I did eventually Wait, manage. From, I'm bad at it, so I need to get this. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know why. I think I just got it for Christmas, mm. and I. I think it took me forever to. I actually managed to beat the first boss pretty quickly, but it was the second one that got me stuck. Right after you get after uh, all the Jessica stuff, and then I was stuck on that forever. And then after a couple of months, I go back to it. I beat that boss. Then I get stuck on the next boss, and that just kept snowballing. <laughs> and like I, I never beat the game up until like what 2016, when I was like, you know what? I've had this game for a million years. Let's. I literally got into this franchise. Uh, for this game, let's actually get around to beating it this time. And then what? Like uh, what? Half a year later, uh, the 3DS remake comes out, and then I beat the, <laughs> beat that one almost immediately afterwards. It's like okay, don't want this of, game for. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's a game I would need to. Uh, they, they would need to do something a lot different for me to go back to that game yet again because I beat the whole damn thing on uh, mobile too. Oh my god! Ugh. I uh, I would actually really like a demake of that game. Like I want it to look like the. DS games. I'd like to see what that would be like. Oh, that'd be fun. 
yeah, I almost kind of want to get a uh, 11 for the Switch just to try out the uh, the all the pixel stuff, all the all the you know 2D stuff. I need to get that back. I was actually talking to the teacher that I let borrow that today, and I almost asked for it back again because I was asking him what he's been playing recently, and he's talking about Call of Duty and all this crap. I'm like, okay, you you <laughs> your JRPG card is done because you've been <laughs> playing Warhammer and Mario and. Uh, all these other action-y titles for like eight months now. I don't think he's put 10 hours in in the 11 months he's had my game. So I'm like, mm, all right, time, time to be done. <laughs> it, it could be said Call of Duty is a bit of an RPG. I guess. I mean, <laughs> does it does it have stat increases? Do they have grinding and leveling? Uh, I know. Just grinding? I, I know in high school, people would uh, take days off just to grind it all day. And they come and go, oh, I'm this rank. I did this thing. I did that thing. So... Yeah, see, I mean, sort of mechanics are liking so much these days, so I, I wonder if it's just equipment that gets better. Yeah, I think they started putting it in Assassin's Creed games now. Like, I heard the newest one was an RPG of some kind. Mm-hmm. The one in Greece. Yes, they, they talk about that a lot, um, the people on RP Gamer. I know they bring it up on the podcast all the time, and... <laughs> Yeah, and I think RPG fan, I listen to a couple of their podcasts, and yeah, they, they always talk about it like it's an RPG, so I guess. I mean, the lines are blurred on all these games these days. Well, we, we were talking recently about even just like some of the old NES games that incorporated RPG elements into them, like River City Ransom was pretty much like a, a Double Dragon version of an RPG, mm-hmm. um, and uh, uh, Baseball Stars, where you could actually build your team and like... Um, based on you could buy better players and get rid of some of your your crappy players um, based on how much like prestige and how how much revenue they're generating, uh, bringing um, uh, people to the to the ballpark. So yeah, that those are some of my favorite like original NES games or ones that had RPG elements like embedded into them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I loved uh, Castlevania two and what is it the sec- the second Zelda one? Those are my two favorite. Oh ones. yeah, yeah. Those and are those good. are both the ones that are usually people are like, nah, that's not well, the. It is very different Zelda two from from the original, and they never went mm-hmm. back to that that kind of formula. But I, I have started playing that one with my son recently because um, we just finished. Uh, I just showed him the Ganon fight, which from the first game, which I think is pretty. Uh, it left a lot to be desired. Just slashing a sword around trying to hit someone <laughs> blindly. It's the reason they don't go back to it. Yeah. <laughs> Two at least offers a challenge in the final fight. You got like both that like banshee demon looking thing and then the shadow link, which I thought was pretty cool. Alright, so moving along. Um oh Liam, you're to ask that question. Sorry. So what are your favorite games in the DQ series? What do you like mainline? What do you like spin-off? Uh, mainline wise, it's uh, it's a bit of a toss up between after I just dumped on it uh, eight <laughs> and, and uh, five. Uh, I think you know, take out the graphics, all things being equal, I'd probably say Dragon Quest five. Uh, I I found the story a little bit more engaging and interesting. Um, I it's actually a lot less linear too than uh, eight. Eight was pretty linear for the most part, oh, yeah. and you know, I I don't like it when things. I'm really picky. I I don't like when things are too linear, but I also like things when you're off on your own, like with Dragon Quest VI. Yeah. I, felt like, <laughs> I felt like uh, five was just right. Not too hot, not too cold, just right. I beat the whole thing in like, uh, what, two, three days when I got it back in high school. Like I spent a whole oh, weekend wow. playing the game. Yeah, it was Jesus. a great game. Yeah. It's yeah. only like 
I think it's only uh, 25 hours or so, 25, 26 I was gonna, hours. I was about to say, I was, was going to say it's like 20, 30 hours, not even that. And I mean, there's a lot that you don't have to do. So not like Liam. Liam Liam gets every monster and grinds them up to level 99. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I only ever had, had to level grind towards like the end when I was uh, getting monsters to for the final boss. You really can't use, uh, you really can't use just, you know, the family characters. You have to kind of just use yourself and uh, your son and grab, what was it? Gold Golem, was it? And a uh, King Cure Slime, I think. Oh, the King Cure Slime's my favorite. Yeah. I, it's just regular Golem. He's, yeah. I mean, he, he's OP. It's pretty much a war of attrition at that point, once you have those two in your party. Do mm-hmm. you play any of the spinoff games? Uh, I've, honestly, I've, I have most of them. I've probably only ever beaten uh, Joker 1 and 2. Uh, I didn't even really like Joker 2 very much. Uh, I like Joker 1, but not enough to go back to it, so I don't really have very solid memories of it. Um, I only I was only just reminded yesterday that those islands were all puns. You know, infantile, oh, celestial, right. domicile. That's something I don't think I realized when I was playing it at the time. I think I saw Woodis post on it when people were asking about their favorite... Uh, um, uh, puns or ones or ones that went over your head like yours was Xerox and I think uh, Woodis <laughs> mentioned Infernile, Infantile, all those islands. I was like, oh my god, I can't believe I didn't notice that. I played the game for so long. Yep, I, I think we've talked about that too. There's so many pun grenades that don't hit until years later. Yeah, I mean, Dragon yeah, Quest, was... Quest 9 had uh, Simpsons puns in it. Oh, yeah. Addy and Selma. <laughs> I mean, none will ever be uh, jack of all trades and master of none in my eyes. So, <laughs> <laughs> those are great. Those are great. Those come up again, like weekly somewhere in discussion. <laughs> I'm probably the one mentioning them. <laughs> they must have like an entire pun division in the localization team. <laughs> they just rush over to their saw office. A couple, we, need a, we need a pun. <laughs> saw a couple in the uh, books we're discussing today, actually. Oh awesome. yes, yeah. I didn't quite get all those in my summary that I wrote up, but yeah, anybody. I, I like I kind of I didn't even look at one recently because I've got the whole thing summarized for later. But two, I kind of really skimmed and almost reread the whole thing in the past 48 hours. And I kept seeing stuff and I was like, oh, don't write all these down. There's there's going to be too many. <laughs> <laughs> but they did. They, the guy did pretty good. Yeah, I was impressed. A lot of references in there that uh, people might not notice. Mm-hmm. All right. So do you have any favorite characters from the series? We, we know one that you don't like. <laughs> Oh, uh, what are you talking either? about? Who is this? <laughs> um, the thing is, I'm not really into the monsters all that much. Um, I've like I, I was really into Dragon Ball Z, like I mentioned. So I'm I see a lot of his art style, and honestly, the monsters weren't you know that interesting to me. Um, I always really liked the puns associated with them, but I I have grown to appreciate Draki in particular, just because mm-hmm. it's a really it's a really cute uh, 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 bat. I'm really into Halloween. It's one of my favorite holidays. So, like, all the monsters that look kind of like, you know, cheap cutouts that you can get at Walmart to hang up in your your home, like, you know, the skeleton soldier, walking corpse, monsters like that. I really appreciate their designs. I think the mummy you can actually get at Walmart. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's right. I remember. You just found that. Yep. (laughs) Knock off mummy. It was a a magnet, right? I actually went to... I went to a mall, a Walmart because he said that they had them there, and it was like I went like late in the Halloween season, and it was just like complete chaos, like costumes thrown everywhere, like all their Halloween stuff was just like either I don't think hanging I don't off think the shelf or on the, the floor. Was a, <laughs> any any difference between hey, early in the season Walmart? 
Yeah, it could have been just Halloween balls. Season, so just... Starting right now, you could probably go uh, go take a look and see if they're there now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> any show up in the box this year? Right. Um, <laughs> so, so, a couple weeks. Do you have any uh, any uh, favorite mechanics in DQ games? Uh, when I first got into games, I was really into Pokemon. You'll be hearing me mention Pokemon a lot in this podcast, I bet. Um, so the turn-based battling was something I was very familiar with, and that's what I appreciate most. I think that's why I don't really attach too well to the console ones, because when it's a handheld, I can be, you know, when I was back in school, I could do homework or something. I could pause the game, do some homework. I could, um... Right now, I've been listening to podcasts while I, you know, do some master trainer grinding in Pokemon Let's Go. I can do that with, you know, any of the handheld Dragon Quest games. Um, I couldn't really do that with, like, say, Dragon Quest Eleven and a Dragon Quest Eight up until, you know, the 3DS version came out. So I'm really into the way you can go at your own pace with um, turn-based battles uh, while it still feels really exhilarating when you're in a really tough fight. So even though you're not, like button mashing going crazy freaking out you can't pause the game can't look away uh you know you can you still feel that tension when you're like oh come on yangus please get a crit please <laughs> <laughs> no definitely that's uh that's why i like the turn base yeah. uh, i was even getting into a discussion yesterday about um th- there were some rumors posted online yesterday about the uh die notabukan coming to crunchyroll possibly on October 2nd, like right after it debuts in Japan. And nothing official was said today, but there were some people talking about it last night that it might be officially done, the word might be out soon, whatever. And I was talking with somebody about, like, subs versus dubs, and I said, you know, whatever, I know the subs probably better it might usually be better i said but i have a hard time watching a lot of stuff subbed because i have a hard time spending 100 percent of my attention just on that one thing <laughs> and i think that's kind of like why i like turn-based you know i can be watching tv and you know pick my commands do a com- do something watch a little football look back down pick the next round yeah my personal experience there's the difference between dubs and subs are pretty negligible right now the way things have been where like you can see like Funimation puts up dubs for their shows like the day it comes out in Japan now for the most part. Nice. I don't know, I don't know if they're still doing that, you know, with COVID going on, but mm-hmm. yeah, so I mean, personally I'm hoping it ends up on Funimation just cuz you know, we can get dubs really quick. I mean, the, their video player is absolutely absolutely garbage, but um you're also pretty much guaranteed a physical release within like a year, year and a half, maybe 2 years. Mm-hmm. But there's there's almost always a dub with it. You really don't know what you're going to get with um, Crunchyroll or, you know, Sentai Filmworks or Netflix or whomever. Yeah, I, I think it's safe to assume with Netflix, you're never going to see a physical release. They uh, they did just announce that, what was it, Violet Evergarden, that anime from like 2017, 2018, maybe, mm-hmm. is getting a physical release, but that was several years ago. And that was a pretty big series, so you think it would have come out a lot faster. I think they have some weird, uh, some weird licensing thing where they have exclusive rights to it for X number of years. I don't know. I, I would sooner see it on Funimation or Crunchyroll or even Amazon than maybe Netflix. All right, so stick tuned, stay tuned for that. Uh, by the time yeah. people are listening to this, maybe there will have been an announcement. Oh, fingers maybe crossed. not. All right, but we're not here to talk die tonight. We are here to talk Dragon Quest Monsters Plus, and this is a series of five books that uh, was released in the United States last year, 2019. When did they start coming out? March, April, something like that. I think they started late 
one year and ended the next year. Okay, so maybe late 2018, and then throughout the year last year, they kept releasing five volumes um, of manga. And this is actually a story from, gosh, 2000, I want to say. Like, reading in the back, they, they have little appendices where they show the different monsters and the different stuff. And let's see. So this one was printed. Oh, so number one was printed January 2019. But Yeah, in the back it says copyright 2000. Mm-hmm. Oh, you mean so, so this manga came out in Japan in 2000 and they just recently translated it? Yep. Oh, okay. Interesting. I'd never even heard of it before a couple of years ago. No. So, and I mean, it makes sense because that's when Dragon Quest Monsters came out over there. So I guess this would make the most sense to have come out there because um, series-wise, it's basically set right after the events of the uh, first Dragon Quest Monsters game, right after Terry does this stuff. And we'll, we'll see Terry appear here Um by the way, in case you don't know by the title of this, I'm going to name this Spoiler Cast. We're going to spoil the hell out of the first two books. So uh, if you've never read any of these books and really are like, oh my gosh, I don't want to know anything. I want to go into this blind. Right now, hit stop. Save this on your iTunes, whatever. Go read the books. It'll take you like an hour or two. Probably it'll take you less time to read it than to listen to this podcast. So. I uh, know. Volume <laughs> was a bit of a... Volume one was a bit of a slog. I don't know about an hour. Uh, uh, <laughs> a, lot, a lot of text in there. There, there is. I think it was more today that I was skimming through number two that it seemed to go very fast, and I think I remembered more of the second volume anyway. So I was kind of like, I don't need to read every word. I know it. So, but no, I do remember reading number one back in, and I just got to it this year. Um, it was during the quarantine. I remember sitting out on my hammock reading it one night or reading it one afternoon. We'd actually uh, thought about doing this episode back in April. I want to say whenever we recorded with Phil and did Dragon Quest Four, um, he wasn't quite sure what night he was going to be able to be free. Um, working in a hotel is like the only employee during uh, the COVID quarantine. You know, some days there would be a guest and he would have to stay late and some days there wasn't. So we kind of prepped two episodes at once. And we're like, you know, if he can't make it, we'll we'll talk about the first book. So had all that ready and then never did it. Yeah, I was actually reading this one with my son, uh, which I then realized, particularly by book two, was a terrible, <laughs> terrible mistake. <laughs> by book two, by the time and we'll get to this uh, later in our discussion, but like by the time you get to book two, there's like a extremely violent part that like for the first time, my son who loves books, he's three years old, he absolutely loves books. He says to me, Daddy, I want to stop reading now. And it just, <laughs> it was like heartbreaking. <laughs> it was just like, what? Oh, 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 yeah, this is really violent. Okay, yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> so, yeah, don't, I, th I, I think if you go to like Common Sense Media, if they even have a Dragon Quest Monsters Black <laughs> It's probably going to say, like, you know, eight ages eight plus, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, the book back three of the might get farther than that. Or something. Definitely oh, not. Oh, does it? Yeah. What's that? The, the back of the book says 10 plus, rated 10 oh, plus. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. And that, that makes sense, too, because, like, volume three, we were having this discussion and Pendy brought up. <laughs> oh, yeah. By the way, if you think violence is bad, there's nudity in book three. <laughs> but... Just like, yeah, gratuitous, unnecessary, just fan service nudity. Yeah. <laughs> just that's all right just the boobs in general too honestly yeah. oh yeah yeah uh heck in the uh and i'm sure we'll get into this uh, another episode when we talk about die um i'm reading through 345 chapters of uh 
the original Dino Dabukin manga, and I want to say I'm like on chapter 220 or something like that. But there's been at least two or three, um, like first page of the chapter that's just one of the characters just standing there naked, like <laughs> like chapter 126. Oh, here here's ma'am naked, and just like. And it doesn't have you, you turn the page and it, it continuing from and like you turn the page and they're like in the middle of the battle that they were in in the last chapter. And I'm like, what? what ha, that had nothing to do with anything. Are they battling <laughs> naked? No, no. It's just like, you know, OK, here's the next volume. Here's the next chapter. And oh, we'll just throw her naked on the cover or it, I guess the inside <laughs> cover or whatever. It, <laughs> apropos of nothing, like just OK, got it. <laughs> Maybe they mix up the pages with Tullaroo. Uh, I think that's probably it's, just otaku fan service. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they've got just stuff in there that doesn't really pertain to the rest of the book, but or the rest of the story. So, yeah, I mean, and they were published in magazines to begin with. So, you know, that yeah. probably got a little bit of attention as you're flipping through the magazine. Yeah, I mean, definitely the Shonen audience. I mean, obviously we all, you know, everyone here likes to see boobs, but like, you know, within context, boobs would be preferable. <laughs> it needs to have a plot. Yeah, it needs it's to be gotta... tied into the story. I want to. I want to really know the background of the boobs and what yeah. their what their motivation is in the story. Which kind of like our <laughs> kind of like our Pornhub discussion <laughs> from uh, the ballet episode. You know, we why was she dancing to Dragon Quest music? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll there has get to be there. some deeper meaning here. Well, we have a we have a holder holdover story later for that from that ballet episode. If you uh, if you get to the end of this podcast, so yes, if you're looking for more boobs and porn stories, keep listening. <laughs> maybe maybe fast forward an hour if you don't want to be spoiled by anything else, though. <laughs> and on on that note, so I've gone through and I have made like one paragraph summaries of each chapter of the first two books. And I will quickly read them. It'll probably take me 30 seconds to summarize the whole chapter. And then uh, we can just go through, chat chat about every chapter, things that you remember from it. Because, um, yeah, I'm taking like 30 pages and turning it into five sentences. But uh, any of the puns, any of the humor, anything you remember from those parts, feel <laughs> free to jump in <laughs> every time. So I'll just start right here. Book one starts with introduction. And it's basically uh, what happens in Dragon Quest Monsters the video game uh you see terry battling he's in the starry night tournament um he's got like the simple weak team with the slime in it and his opponents got the prism peacock the codal the king metal slime and terry's monsters just kind of defend as the prism peacock use magic bursts and then his monsters just attack and boom wow magically are super ridiculously strong and he wins and then him and his sister head home and it's mentioned like, oh, you know, sometimes he comes back to visit us. Anything else you guys remember just from like the little intro? It wasn't very long. No, I mean, nah. when I, I had uh, just beaten Dragon Quest Monsters for the first time, like right before I read this. So it was all like pretty fresh in my head. So it was kind of a welcome um, little kind of Easter egg that they would have like that tie in with the game as the opener for the manga. Mm hmm. Yeah, I've never got around to uh, playing this game, so uh, I have very little context to what was going on. So I guess the uh, the start of the manga was a bit of a spoiler alert for the ending. <laughs> yes, Terry wins. Terry wins. I, I mean, I guess you can say Dragon Quest Six was a was a, was a spoiler alert for the ending of that game too. But I mean, <laughs> he's still alive. 
<laughs> he did not die as a child <laughs> by a monster death. <laughs> so, all right. So, yeah, there wasn't too much to say about that. It was just like a quick FYI. Here's what a. And, and I think I, Liam, you said you read this to your son. Um, like literally these ten pages, trying to read this and have them get used. Not, not even. It wasn't even the backwards flow because whatever. They're they were three and five when I. Heck, they might even have been two and four when I started reading this a year and a half ago to them. And yeah, I could not keep their attention through those like 10 pages. They were too busy looking and screaming at what the next panel was. And oh, daddy, look at <laughs> there. There's a slime. And I'm like, oh, my God, I can't even read this. I, <laughs> nope. <laughs> I, I remember getting the book in like January of 19. And I like immediate was like, I'm not reading this to you guys. <laughs> the fact that there's two of you and you can't stop screaming about what's on the next page. I'm like, <laughs> no, 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 no. But uh, turning the page, we get to uh, chapter one, and they're all named about knights. I, I didn't really get the idea behind this because it's not like one chapter flow is a full day or anything. Um, I guess maybe it's like a play on the Starry Night tournament. But all the chapters are named the first night, the second night, the third night. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but in doesn't Dragon Quest Monsters take place over the course of one night? Because that might have been why. The Starry huh? Night tournament. Um, so that Terry, like, went into another world and, like, got returned and, like, his mom never noticed he was gone or something. Or was it that the Starry Night was just, like, whatever night you happened to, fin like, start the tournament? I don't remember. I'm not 100% sure like, on that. I feel like gate would have been a better word to use, honestly. Yeah, I mean, it, it or just chapter one or something. I mean, yeah, it... <laughs> So, like, the first chapter is called The First Night. It's way cooler being way cooler than being a hero, you know? So they've got these long titles as well. So this story opens, though. Terry's not the main point of these stories. You got this kid, Cleo. And the story opens with Cleo. He lives with his mom and Marine in some other world. And he's out in the forest trying to be a hero. And he wants to find mottled slimes and beat them up. Because, you know, he's a hero. You go out and you fight slimes. But uh, he finds one eventually, and it eats his cypress stick. <laughs> and he goes home hurt. This is how weak this kid is. Can't even beat up the uh, mottled slime. But uh, his mom explains to him that monsters are pure. They're easily influenced by both good and bad people. So uh, they're not inherently bad. It's just, you know, maybe that mottled slime out there had been mistreated before. And plus, you're trying to hit it with a cypress stick, so... That's what you get. Um, yeah, I was in Dragon Quest Six. Yeah. <laughs> so Wadaboo shows up that night. He shows up in Cleo's bedroom. He says, oh, my gosh, great trees in danger. And Cleo starts. He's like, we need you. You're the one that we need to do this. So Cleo, like, quickly gets all excited. He puts on his whole hero outfit. He's got a wood sword. And he's excited, like, yeah. And they disappear into the dresser drawer, just like in um terry's dragon quest monsters on their way warping there wadaboo he introduces himself and he's like hey by the way we don't need a hero we need an mm and i swear it doesn't even say what mm is i mean you obviously figure out later that it's monster master or you know and it's an abbreviation for that but he doesn't even say what it is and i'm like this isn't a really long thing to say there's so many other words in this in all the text box why not yeah, say what it is oh go ahead i read the first volume like two days ago they didn't um they didn't specify what an m, m it was in like the first chapter at all i assume yep. it was just to do with the space in the panel? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I feel like they should yeah. have at least, you know, tried to make space in that first panel where they mention what an MM is and then gone on to just call them MMs. Yeah, so I, was I, really mean, I was like, what is that? And Platy, 
somewhere. Platy, that's your initials, so that, that you were probably... It is my initials. <laughs> you are probably like, oh my god, the book is talking to me. Cleo needs to become me. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, at the end of that chapter, Cleo just kind of plops into uh, the Shrine of the Starry Night, where all the uh, eggs usually appear in the game. So, uh, other than uh, not knowing what the hell M.M. stood for initially, especially if you haven't played the game, like Eel hasn't, but... Uh, anything else about that first chapter uh, strike you there was a Dragon Ball Z reference in there that you may or may not have noticed Um, when uh, what's in Cleo when he was when he was sleeping you could see the Z's they look like the Z from Dragon Ball Z I've got it open right now I'm going to look real quick because I see him in bed I think his sister woke him up or something so it was early in the chapter so, yeah, I mean, as you said, there's lots of little references throughout the uh, book there. So that's pretty cool. Liam, you remember anything? Eh, not really. Yeah. <laughs> pretty right. unremarkable so, yeah. first chapter. It is. I mean, it's, it's still uh, it's still background, background. Well, I mean, there's Wadabu again kidnapping children. Yep. Taking him into the dresser and, you know, in the middle of the night. Nobody, think that's, nobody thinks that's weird at all. He's the good one. <laughs> yeah, he yeah, he is the good one, supposedly. <laughs> We'll see. I mean, who the heck knows the way this I, I've only read the first two books, so we're going to talk yeah. about the books. And I actually have no idea where it goes after that one, really. Same here. To a cave yeah, with I, a woman, but, you know, I want to stay here. So I didn't read ahead. I just skimmed through the third volume. Mm-hmm. All right. So second chapter is called The Second Night. Um, I think I'll go home after all. Heart. <laughs> um, so Cleo's dumped in the starry shrine, the shrine of the starry night. Um girl walks up to him and he's like oh you, you've got max hp and it says those are hottie points so she says she liked uh terry when he showed up there too so cleo starts worrying about staying in this new world for a bit um but then he gets all brave and he's like oh man okay i've been sent here to be a hero let's go run out of the shrine and he kind of steps outside and gets that if you played the game the whole exterior that you walk through the town the uh, great tree you're basically on the edge of a tree that's looks like a, it's a mile high so he kind of walks out the door of the starry shrine he's like holy cow i'm like looking out at the whole world and i'm half a mile in the air on top of this big tree um way up above the clouds um and immediately he's told like oh we gotta we gotta climb up the tree to get to the castle um and immediately the girl starts climbing up and you get like the uh not not exactly a panty shot of uh cleo looking at her butt <laughs> Yeah, the infamous upskirt shot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, you get the upskirt. And she's like, oh, he's so cute. Um, but by the time <laughs> they climb all the way up to the top, he's like huffing and puffing like, holy crap. Uh, they get into the throne room. The king thinks this kid looks a lot like Terry. Um, Cleo's still excited to be a hero. But the king's like, no, no, no. Again, we don't need a hero. We just need an MM. And Cleo's like, you know what? Maybe peace out. Um, I think I've been taken here under false pretenses. So then a couple of monsters come in and attack. This old dude walks in with, uh, is it Zenlon? The name of the uh, huge, long dragon. I was pronouncing it Shenlong because it looked kind of like the dragon right. in uh, Dragon Dragon Ball Z. And it mm. looks looks like it, too. So I was I was going off that. All right. So Shenlon. There we go. I mean, whatever it's called, whatever it's called. It's spelled with an X, probably uh, that. But uh, yeah, Shenlon comes in um, with this old guy and he says, "Ah, you know what? Humans can't beat monsters. Only humans can bond with monsters and the monsters fight each other. 
Um, and there's a quote in there, a monster for a monster is the rule of the world. So after seeing what the old dude did, having his monsters beat up these other invaders, Cleo's like a thousand percent on board. He wants to know what MM is. Um, so maybe this is why they did it. And finally, everybody gets introduced. Maman is the old guy and he's a monster master. The girl that we got the panty shot, uh, she's the hot chick and her name's, I think I said omelet is her name. She's the egg consultant because in the video game, you can go talk to the egg consultant and find out if your uh, egg is going to hatch as a male or female in the game. Um, the king's a king. And then there's our jester, the jester. <laughs> uh, the king's all excited. He's going to be He's like, oh, man, you're going to be one million times cooler than Terry. And the jester interrupts and kind of like in Dragon Warrior monsters where the jester is always like trying to calm the king down and like say he's exaggerating and he does that here he's like well that just doesn't add up king and (laughs) (laughs) and from a distance if the chapter ends with waraboo who's like the bad one uh all pissed that they brought in another weirdo to their world so what do you guys think of this chapter i still maintain the whole lot of dialogue the any action panels were like just crammed with text so it made it really you know not so fun to read through i'll be quite honest it was a uh, first couple chapters were a bit of a slog uh yeah. i like i like hotty had... points for it <laughs> yeah the hotty <laughs> points that was a good one see i wonder if stuff like that ha- how those jokes come out in like japanese they're probably not there i mean <laughs> that, that that's probably a localization thing yeah, but like, what is Japanese? I mean, it says HP still on the screen in Japanese, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's probably just hit points. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're. Well, I, I mean, but I mean, she she's flirting with him, so somehow in there they had to have because she flirts with him forever. And that becomes a, a plot, a subplot going through the first book. So yeah, I just wonder what she sees in him. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> I'd have to get the original manga and like see if we can translate it. <laughs> but, so, and you're right. You know what? I think I had a hard time. Like I said, I started this with my kids and then I went back and started it again myself. And until we really, so I had it since January 19 and there was April of 20, 2020 that I finally sat down and was like, okay, I'm going to read through all of it. You know, little Dragon Quest 70 with a, you just got to get through the first little bit and then it hits yeah. its stride. So I'm looking at the upskirt shot. And and they actually have some like onomatopoeia for it. Of course I am, yeah. And it's got some, <laughs> it's got some onomatopoeia, so it's not even just like the upskirt shot. It's wapow. <laughs> so it's like it's got sound effects. Like when he sees it, he's like wapow. Yep. That, yeah, that is written all the way across there. You got the lines like woo. <laughs> he's definitely seeing an S. <laughs> yes, he is. Yeah, she's like, oh, he's so cute and naive. Like he's like ten years old. Yeah. He's so he's so cute and naive. Check out my ass. <laughs> yeah, I don't know very many girls who would uh, react to that when you were checking them out from behind. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Not. <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean, she's not that old in the book, but like, it, she looks like she's could be like sixteen, seventeen, and he's like ten. <laughs> yeah, significantly taller than him. <laughs> yep. All right. So uh, the third chapter goes. Third. It's the third night. Great dragon. And uh, Cleo, Mamon, and Omelette, they go to watch a battle. They're trying to explain to him what a monster master is. So they go to like the Starry Night tournament area to watch battling. And uh, there's this hot chick there, Machinko. She's dressed like a Dragon Quest Three warrior female, but there's frills all over her outfit. And uh, 
her monsters are trying to status effect this young Chai San guy. Um, at least they say he's a guy. They're like, oh, Chai San's apparently male. But he starts up all wrapped in clothes and scarves and only the little eyes are appearing through. Um, all the status effects don't stick. Chai San's monsters counterattack and win. And Chai San's named... Oh, you're rank A. So uh, Cleo's all excited watching this, but Mamone's like, no, 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 we got to go back to the king. Um, apparently, he's got a great dragon for you to start with. So they take him back up to the monster farm, and uh, Pulio, the keeper of the monster farms up there, um, he's trying to explain to the king that basically all the monsters that used to be there, they're all gone. And the king's all pissed, and he's like, I'm not going to get in front of a great dragon and stop him from going away. Um, so the king of course, exaggerates, and he wants to give him a hundred whacks and then fire him. But this time, even the jester agrees with that. <laughs> but Mamone and Cleo show up, um, and they're like, hey, look at all the monsters, but there's no monsters. The only one left is Slib the Slime, and he's super excited to meet Cleo, and Cleo's like, whatever, you're just a lowly slime. Um, <laughs> people all get mad. Cleo's supposed to befriend these monsters, not insult them. So then he tries to be nice, but now Slib isn't having any of it. So Chai-san shows up um, feeling a little insulted that Cleo is this next chosen one, not him, that uh, has just been named Rank A. And, uh, da -da -da -da. oh, because he, he wanted to be the one chosen to go find Terry, who's apparently somewhere out there, and stop whatever evil is coming that they think of and making all the wild, the tamed monsters revert to their untamed state. So he mentions that Slib used to be BFFs with Terry, and they won the Starry Night Tournament together. He knows how to cast Magic Burst, and Cleo's like, oh my god, that's the best spell ever. Uh, and then Chai-san and Cleo argue, and a battle breaks out, and the chapter ends with Cleo like ordering Slib to use Magic Burst. So, so th this character, uh, I read it as, as Chi-san. Yeah, I was like reading it too. Isn't isn't there an equivalent character in Dragon Quest Monsters who's kind of similar to that? Who's basically like the the anti Terry, like you're, who's following you around like throughout the game? Or did I just am I misremembering that? I mean, at the end of the game, you battle your sister, but yeah, I, thought there I, was I don't another monster master. I might be thinking of a of a different game. Are you thinking of Pokemon with a rival? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't think they went... Dragon Quest Six. Terry follows uh, follows them around. Yeah, Terry was the rival in Six. Yeah, that's true. Always yeah, no, I feel like I feel like I've seen that that kind of that kind of plot line before, where there's just like a rival version of you, and then, but but yeah, Chisan did give me definitely like um, Sheik reference. Like it felt like Sheik from uh, Zelda, who ends up being like Princess Zelda. Cause you could sort of tell um, that Chisan's a girl, like in in like a ninja garb, so you can't really tell, mm -hmm. but. Um, that's the that's the vibe that I think I got from um, from that character. But I also thought like Cleo, Cleo's kind of obnoxious. And, oh yeah. And Chisan almost has kind of like a right to be pissed off that that she wasn't chosen. Um, that's that's like the vibe that I got from this particular chapter. Like Cleo, Cleo, they're certain they're certainly like building him up to be like he's he's got to go through a story arc where he's going to mature. But uh, but Chisan seemed like way more experienced in 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 this particularly in like this chapter and that oh, would have well, been a better choice definitely. like you take someone who's already experienced to send them after terry and not just like take a level one monster master and trying to like build them up i mean it's, it's it's like the plot of every dragon quest you know there's kings and armies and whole nations here but hey that 16 year old dude over there yeah, yeah he's, it's gonna, like, he's gonna save the world it's like in Me Mega Man x why didn't they just send zero that dude was already experienced from the beginning. <laughs> yeah. 
I did a. I, I agree. I thought Cleo was kind of annoying, but I I did kind of appreciate that his you know his his journey seems to be learning that you can be a hero, but you don't have to do it by beating up people and sometimes making friends who can do the do that for you is is a route you can take. He learns to, you know he doesn't have to be the brawn; he can be the brains. Yeah, the strategist behind yeah. the, uh, mm. all you don't that. See much, don't, don't see much strategy in the first volume, at least though. <laughs> no no definitely not <laughs> all right so moving on to the fourth one um so oh here we go all right so the fourth night is called the traveler's gates and uh after all the things that you start going in in dragon quest monsters one um initially right away it turns out that magic burst outside of uh, the tournament grounds is a horrible idea um it doesn't even get fully cast yet, and it yet it knocks this huge branch off Great Tree, and it starts to make like this nuclear bomb level explosion, and conveniently Slib then forgets how to cast a spell. And uh, what were you pronouncing, Chisan? Uh, Chisan. Chisan. So Chisan decides, yeah, maybe we'll batter later because right now you're pretty pathetic, and. They take off for the Traveler's Gates, and Cleo then apologizes again to Slib, and they end up arguing and fighting with each other anyway. Um, then the scene jumps over to the Traveler's Gates room, and there's this B-rank boy, Tito, who's got my favorite little box slimes, and he's chatting with a guard there when all of a sudden the gate opens up and the Dragon Lord pops out. And uh, they end up using a fireball to seal off the path to all the Traveler's Gates so that no one can enter them again. The Dragon Lord does. He's like, well, I'm just going to blow up this whole Traveler's Gate area. Try doing that. Um, Chisan arrives, tries to stop him. Everyone in the kingdom starts panicking. Uh, Cleo goes running into the castle. He finds uh, Chisan defeated um, and, like, hurt or something. The head wrappings come off, and, oh, Chisan's a girl. And guess what? Dead ringer for Cleo's sister, um, Marine, which at the beginning, uh, it didn't show her being captured or anything. It wasn't exactly like uh, Dragon Quest Monsters. But as a matter of fact, when he disappeared, you see his sister like come in the room like, yo, brother, where are you? Um, Dragon Lord's still there, sees Cleo and Cleo's like, oh, I'll just capture this guy. You know, I'm supposed to be a monster master. I'll just capture this guy. Um and since you hurt Chisan, I need to beat you down. Chisan tries to warn him that he's really strong. But Cleo's like, you know what? This guy isn't even in the monster encyclopedia, so he must be unimportant. Um, and you see Slib's face, and he's like completely like, oh, shit. <laughs> As uh, the Dragon Lord just starts like laughing like, you're not going to beat me with the slime. And that was the end of chapter four. What do you guys think of this one? I was like, this is the this, but the part where I was like, oh, this is getting interesting now. I was like, oh, here we go. Finally, something. The the fights were a little bit more dynamic. Uh, I thought I really like Slib. I'm gonna be. I actually really like Slib. His uh, facial expressions are very endearing, and uh, some of his gags later on, I really I actually were like the only times I ever really laughed like out loud <laughs> at some of the, at some of the jokes they were doing. Um, uh, I thought this was, a, I was like, oh, okay, so this is what they're going to be doing. I, I got a clear understanding of what the actual story was going to be. Like, the first couple chapters were just setting it up. And at this mm -hmm. point, I was like, okay, yeah, I think I see what they're what they're going for with this particular chapter. So Slib, Slib and Tito are actually uh, characters from the game. Oh, really? Yeah, so Slib is the first slime that you get 
when you start and Tito is the boy who gives you the first slime. He's the he's the kind of um, monster herder that, that lets wow. all the monsters out in the beginning of the game and then the king wants to fire him and uh, and then I think like Terry steps up and says, I'll, I'll gather the monsters back or something like that. Yeah, I don't remember Tito. But I mean, yeah, I remember Slib. And, yeah, I'm already trying to figure time. out who was and wasn't in the actual game. Like, I, I looked up Omelette. I didn't see her at all. I, I assumed they just, you know, replaced a stock character with an actual character. And mm-hmm. that was the situation. Yeah, so I, very much. I eventually just gave up looking up people because I, I, you know, some were, some weren't carryovers. Uh, so I just kind of went in with, like, with just, like, okay, let's just act like these characters are all new right so i try to go in with all the baggage of uh the other game yeah i mean other than like the jester and the king kind of <clears throat> acting with their ridiculous personalities yeah there wasn't i, I don't think there were that many and i mean by the second book you're completely you, you get a character in there but you're out of the great tree area and definitely getting away from the dragon quest monsters exact tale i i don't remember because i've read this i read this last april but um did they do anything with like any jokes about the king also being the metal king not that i I recall okay because that like they alluded to that a lot in uh um in monsters that the king was actually like you know he had like that back room that he would go into and that Mm -hmm. led over that led over to the metal king room where he would just like pop Ah, now yeah other than that, um, you know, it was cool to see the Dragon Lord show up. Um, I kept thinking of how I had captured or I had bred a Dragon Lord that was way <laughs> smaller than the actual Dragon Lord when you fight him. So I fought Dragon Lord with Dragon Lord, and the one I fought was like twice the size of the one that I had. So. Yeah, there's no sense of size that's in pretty, uh, that's pretty typical. Yeah, the GBC <laughs> game at all. <laughs> Now, when you play Terry's Wonderland 3DS, that really, uh, that's where they uh, they went with the, did they have monster sizes in Joker too? Do you remember that, Eel? Um, I actually, I think they did. Like two uh, slot monsters or something like that? Yeah. Oh yeah, they had that in Joker and Joker, in Joker too. I okay. remember I, I went around, um, I, re- I went around breeding all the, um, all the big boss monsters and they took up like two spots. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they do when in the remake in the 3DS remake, they uh they pretty much use all the Joker mechanics. Um they take that game, they remake it with the Joker engine basically. And yeah, and you can definitely see their sizes. Like when you go to the uh top of the great tree, um to the monster farm and they're just all running around out there, you're like holy crap. And they've got uh three slot monsters that you can't see running around the farm. You have to go up on this platform and you look down and you get the feeling that you're like 50 feet in the air and they're like eye level with you. Anything that's uh, that big. So it, you, the the game itself, the Terry's Wonderland 3DS remake is uh, definitely gets you more of that idea of size. But uh, back to the uh, back, back away from the game and back to the book. Uh, the fifth night, chapter five is called uh, My Slimy Self is Gonna Die. And it starts with Slib um, convincing Cleo that, one, this fight is bad news, but uh, two, we do need to protect Great Tree. And you see the Dragon Lord. He's casually casting Sizz, um, and it's increasing to Sizzle, and then to Casizzle. And Slib's like, yeah, you know, don't worry. If if I die, you can just revive me with the Yggdrasil Leaf. Don't worry, I'm going to go battle him anyway. Um, but uh, Chaisan, Chaisan, whatever, <laughs> sorry. Um, Chisan um, starts thinking like, oh, you know, 
there there are no more Yeager Sill leaves anymore. Um, evil is causing all that to uh, dry up. And you see Slib think of uh, like that uh, line from Star Wars: "The needs of the many out need outweigh the right. needs of the one." Star Trek. Star Trek. Star Trek. Uh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Wrath of Khan. Yep. Yep. Call yep. yourself a Trekkie. Come on. <laughs> I know. Say, I'm trying to read this and then come up with stuff on, <laughs> like reading my summary and throwing in my own ideas at the same time. Bad idea. Bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> um. So instead of running away, Cleo commands Slib to charge in and. Hey, Slib, why don't you cast Sizzle? And it suddenly turns into Sizzle and cancels out the Dragon Lord spell. And everybody's kind of like, wow, how, how did that happen? Um, but the Dragon Lord goes on to smash Slib anyway with his weapon. But he's getting ready to, and a vine suddenly catches his arm. And Maman has appeared. And he's got his team. He's got a gold slime. He's got the uh, gripe vine, uh, otherwise known as like the rose vine later on in the series. And Shenlon. And the Dragon Lord just kind of casually reaches out, grabs Shenlon, and just, like, pulls him into his chest and magically quickly evolves into... And I like how they use it, like, just, like, in the game here. He's called Dragon Lord, parentheses, dragon. <laughs> he turns into the dragon form of the dragon. And Mamon's, Mamon's like, what the hell just happened? And the Dragon Lord says, well, you know what? There's no need for monster breeding anymore. We've got a new method evolve, um, available to do that. Um, and he casts like wave of evil or he mentions wave of evil. Then he disappears and Milan's kind of like left to suspect like, holy crap, uh, maybe he came here to destroy the traveler's gates too. But I think really he wanted to pull that monster into him. He came to steal my monster. So what do you guys think of uh, chapter five? Eh, it's fine. It's hard to, uh, it's hard to rate chapters that are just fights. Yeah. Not a lot, happen- not a lot happens in them really. <laughs> <laughs> Oh gosh, I, I, there's so many in the Die series. Like I said, I'm on chapter like 212, and I feel like there's a dozen chapters in a row that are just one fight. Get up, I we will... can do it. We can do it together. All right, let's battle. Oh, this spell didn't work. Nope. Okay. I will say End I was chapter. I was constantly distracted by the fact that he had no nose. The Dragon Lord. <laughs> oh, does he? <laughs> every, every time you look at him, he, his face at an angle, he has his face is totally smooth. I was always super distracted. Oh yeah. Did you feel that way about Voldemort in the Harry Potter movies? <laughs> hey, I just got off reading uh, dra- rereading Dragon Ball Z. I was I thought I was desensitized to characters with no noses. <laughs> hey, Cleo's nose is a little smudge. <laughs> yeah. And a tiny line that almost looks like a pen mark. But yeah, you're right, Dragon Lord. Nothing. Maybe that's why he's so angry. He can't smell things. <laughs> uh, yes, Dragon. It even says like the uh, as he pulls him into the chest. Um, there's a little text box off to the bottom that says Dragon Lord plus Shenlon equals Dragon Lord parentheses Dragon. Yeah, those boxes were throwing me off. Like whenever like a new monster appeared, I'm looking at a page right now. It says. Look out, Knight Aberrant Monster. I'm like, I don't think we really needed the word monster at the end of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it seemed like there was like, I feel like that was intentional, but it seemed like that was like almost a mistake. Yeah, they were almost like stuff you would see in the video game. Oh. Yeah, I think that's what they're going I'm for. But it was like, right now. look out, uh, you know, this this monster appears. I'm like, yeah, I see it. And they even referred to it that way in the dialogue, too. Look out, walking carps monster. Look out, gremlin monster. Like you're right. It's a little redundant. We get it. We get it. All right. So the first uh, book ends with uh, the sixth knight off on an adventure. Um, and since they just saw the dragon lord like 
grab Shenlon and just basically suck him into him. Uh, Maman talks about uh, basically the birds and the bees, Dragon Quest monster style, and how breeding is supposed to work. And definitely it's not supposed to be like what the Dragon Lord just did. Um, and with all the other Traveler's Gates destroyed um, or the path to them destroyed, um, the Dragon Lord has left behind a Traveler's Gate. And Cleo's like, well, you know, I'm going to be a monster master. I better go in there, get more monsters, build up a team. And uh, Omelette shows up. She's got one other monster that she found at the farm. It's uh, one of the little baby dragons, um, also known as the small fry. And again, Cleo starts off. He's like, I'm not impressed by this, but I'm determined to go. So whatever. And uh, good old Machinko shows up and she's no longer dressed in her Dragon Quest three stuff. She's got um, basically short shorts on. She looks like a little valley girl. She's got you'd imagine a day at the (laughs) beach or something, little halter top and like jean shorts or whatever. And she like gets her boobs. I don't right. have none of that. <laughs> no, <laughs> um, she like puts her boobs right in Cleo's face and like reach over and hands him a beast tail and says this will help him find the wheat his way. By the, um, by the way, there's there's uh, <laughs> when when Machiko's boobs get like thrown in his face. There's also onomatopoeia for that. It's the thump. <laughs> it could be thud thud, man. There. <laughs> there. So. Uh, that gets Omelette to have words with her, and Cleo's like oblivious about all this. He he starts to enter the gate, and just as he's doing so, Amon reminds him, like, oh, by the way, you can't get back to the Great Tree until you defeat the Dragon Lord. That's how gates work. Um, and Cleo's like, what? Wait, really? What? And Warabu appears and just, like, kicks his butt right through the gate. Like, nope, too bad, you're going. <laughs> <laughs> so Cleo ends up in a cave. It's got a huge gravestone with uh, Erdrick's symbol on it. And he stumbles outside to find out he's in a bright world, um, but a black sky. And you see the demon lord watching all this in a crystal ball with uh, some other high rank monsters around him. And then Terry just casually walks in. And he's like, hmm, I wonder how far this Cleo is going to go. And it just ends with that. Bum, bum, bum. Uh, yep. So so taking a step back to the scene with uh, um, uh, Machiko and I forget the other girl's name. Omelette. Omelette. Yes, of course. How could I forget that? Uh so, so she's pushing Cleo's face out of the boob, out of the way of the boobs and just being like, now, hold on, you hussy. Nobody's allowed to seduce Cleo without my permission. So there's like some clear jealousy going on. And then she's oh, like, yeah. shame on you for using those huge things to lure him in like that. <laughs> <laughs> they um, really didn't want to use the words boobs or yeah. breath in the description. Because I, one of my notes was a character saying... Those slime, those ain't slime. She's hiding under those folks, or under their folks. <laughs> oh, was that in the tournament when they were announcing her? Or something? Yeah, they they were doing everything they can to not say boobs. Oh, they're right. Right, right. Right there, yeah. Those aren't slimes. <laughs> she's the gorgeous idol of the battle arena, and those aren't those ain't slime. She's hiding yeah, under yeah, those. Yeah. <laughs> and then her response, uh, Machiko's response was uh, huh, that 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 wasn't my intent. So you don't know if she's being coy or if she's like legitimately like kind of clueless of her own sexuality and how it might affect Cleo. Uh, but yeah, I think she's just like the Dipsy Valley Girl type character. Could be, yeah. Or she knows exactly what she's doing and she's just playing coy. So either way, interesting, interesting take. Uh, that just that that one page is. is got a lot of interesting stuff going on between the thump and the uh and, 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 the, and the girl fight. You're really analyzing this particular page yeah i mean like the, the girl, there's a girl fight there's like a teenage girl fight over a 10 year old boy i mean that's that's kind of like... that's a uh, manga for you 
Yeah, right. Yep. Even just having Omelette, like, flirting with him is just kind of like the most awkward scenes from, like, episode one, where you're like, <laughs> oh, yeah, Natalie Portman's definitely going to end up with this 10-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> So, like, so they're, now we're getting the Star Wars in there. We had the Star Trek. Now there's yeah. the Star Wars. <laughs> and it worked out so well for them. Yeah, I mean, nothing nothing could go wrong from that. <laughs> yeah. They lived happily ever after in a galaxy far, far away. Yeah, and they had a not awkward romance. Okay. So looking, I was going to say, looking back <laughs> at the page, since you brought it up, um, going back to the battle arena, they uh, definitely had, and I just put it in our chat here, they definitely <laughs> had an old guy dressed up like a bunny girl. Oh, nice. It's like a throwback to the Dragon Quest Three old man at uh, Shrine yep. of Dogma. Yep. So uh, it, there's a lot of little, uh, as, as we were saying here, there's a lot of little things. Um, I don't think we mentioned it yet, but a lot of the names here, and I guess it makes sense. Well, I don't know if it makes sense, but uh, they're all localized the way that Dragon Quest Monsters was. It's the old translations. Yeah, I noticed Isn't Great it? Tree wasn't there wasn't a space between it, it was one word. Mm-hmm. So, so was it was it Draco Lord? I don't, I don't. I think it was Dragon uh, Lord. So I guess stuff like that. Maybe they went with the certain stuff, but like the way they named some of the monsters, and this gets into the second book too. Um, and even there's inconsistency with the um spells. I thought. Or maybe that's just there was me. A, there was an outright error, I think, when they were describing uh, a character's that I'll, we'll get back to. I don't want to spoil it just yet. A character's uh, sword style. Uh, I don't know if you guys noticed that there was actually a... I don't know if that was an accident, but there might have been a, uh, a certain person's name was spelt incorrectly i do I, I remember reading that today we'll see when we get to that part if that if i'm thinking of the one that you were mentioning but wasn't like was shenlon the old one i mean they do say sizz and sizzle it's not like hurt and hurt more and but it, it was sizzle in even in dragon quest uh or no it wasn't what was it in the game boy color games liam you just played it yeah oh yeah i just played it like eight months ago uh, <laughs> it, was, it was fireball, right? It was fireball, and I could probably load it up on here for you and just kind of look. But I don't know. I, I was thinking that oh, I guess yeah. maybe not. Maybe it is all the modern stuff because they call the the dragon kid small fry. This is amazing. I just opened the game on my phone and immediately came into a battle. <laughs> Surprise! Yeah, right. I've got kinda my like Kerry uh, walking in at the end. Yeah, I've got my great dragon, my dragon lord, and my um, Borg slime. Oh, slime Borg. Seinborg, yeah, yeah, yeah. Back, back to Star Trek. Yep. <laughs> Jumping between these series today. Um, I've got Blazemore, Infernmore, Scorching, and Snowstorm on Dragonlord. Okay, so yeah, I guess it was... Uh, these are the new ones then. Okay, I, I forget what I said. I, I was completely incorrect about that. <laughs> and my great, dragon, <laughs> my great dragon's got a suck all. Which, which <laughs> I, always, I always thought was an interesting... Uh, I, I don't even. Oh, it sucks all the air to inflict damage on all enemies. That's still kind of sexual, but I want to say it's probably uh, what is yeah. it like? Thin air. That one was also be the sexual. newer one. <laughs> hey, you know, suck all, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, I'm trying to think of what other discussion we had today with this. Okay, but that's probably best left for <laughs> some other time. But uh, we did want to talk about the second game or the second game, the second book tonight as well. So uh, I will move right into that. And uh, it starts with uh, basically chapter seven, the seventh night. Um, and it's called Nice Party, Mind If I Join. So Cleo's in this no- new world. 
Uh, he's got Slim and Small Fry with him, and he's wandering around trying to get to a trying to gather a monster party because he's like, you know, parties of three. That's what monster masters do. They have a party of three. Um, so they keep fighting a bunch of different monsters, and really, it's just um, Slib that's fighting. I keep I think what his name is Slim in here. Oops, uh, Slib just keeps fighting, and the Small Fry is like, eh, just sitting back, whatever. But they can't recruit anybody none of the monsters want to join them and a she slime sees them and gets interested but and comes up and talks to them but cleo's like no we already got one slime i don't need another slime in the party so and then like a skeleton they he's doing something and like picking up a rock and a skeleton comes by and scares him and he's like hey how are you doing and runs away and then a magician um monster walks up and talks to him trying to uh point him in a direction of a town and he runs away so it's kind of like implied that the skeleton and this magician are like really friendly towards him but he's like holy crap these are undead monsters no way um but they end up in the town of hawkness hawksness and they're then battling the knight apparent and this is right out of dragon warrior one um and he actually seems interested in joining them for a little bit but then kind of shakes it off he's like and like He's talking about because Cleo is trying to talk to him like, oh, you should join me. You can get stronger. You can go on adventures. And he finally is like, yeah, no, I'm a monster. I should just attack you. Um, and at the very end, like you see uh, the chapter, Cleo's exhausted, laying on the ground and the she slimes next to him. And he's like, you know what? What the fuck? Just join us. I mean, there's nobody else. You're in by default. And her name turns out to be Lime, which um, <laughs> I, I thought was funny because what was the thing with how slimes taste was there a producer that that was interviewed in the past year because there was something about how slimes would taste and the answer was they would taste like limes maybe I think I, yeah no i think i remember hearing that too mm-hmm. but there's also a lime slime which is the green version of the slime mm-hmm. and she's definitely not i mean i know this is yeah, all right but they even mentioned like oh i've never seen a like at the end or something, she goes back to Great Tree, and they're like, "I've never seen a red one before." So then, so, all right, just speaking philosophically here, if if all slimes taste like lime, do the lime slimes taste like extra limey, or maybe they're lemon limey? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, at the end of the chapter, again, you get a little vision of Terry, and he's just like sitting around watching all this transpiring in one of those demon mirror monsters, like, and. Kind of no comment from him. Just, hmm, this is interesting. So, any thoughts yet? What were you thinking was up with Terry at this point? I was actually, uh, I thought the Terry stuff was kind of interesting. Because as I was reading, I was wondering, is this actually Terry? Is this like some... Because there's comments later on that kind of implies that maybe he might not be the real Terry. But also, you know, he could be. So, I was... Once we ended up in locations like a little bit later on that dropped us into more familiar spots that you wouldn't necessarily see in a drink quest monsters game i was like is is there something going on look i was i was that was one thing i i really liked about this particular volume was i was always kind of wondering uh you know what exactly was happening and it wasn't in a oh i'm so confused i don't know what's going on it was like a oh this is actually kind of an interesting mystery is this are, are these characters real or not i was i was always wondering if you know you know dragon lord was like supposed to be the actual dragon lord from the game like the Dragon Quest One, or if he was like just you know made up. So I thought that was if, kind he, of if he was Liam's Dragon Lord sitting in his party. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, if he's if he was fused by uh, with other monsters, or if he right. was literally the one 
from Dragon Quest. Well, that yeah, 1. that's a good. That's another good like philosophical thing. It's like, is Dragon Lord a species of monster, <laughs> or is he like? Uh, is there only one? And these are, yeah, like these are just like replicates. Re- is this uh, the Highlander situation? <laughs> <laughs> the gathering of the dragon lords. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they, they, I would say. Oh, go ahead. Uh, do they mention Hawksness by name in the, in the I main? Didn't, I didn't know that at all. I was. I read it last night. I didn't see any reference to a location. I, I did. I just looked up real quick what the uh, location name was in Dragon Warrior because I mean it, it seems pretty obvious that yeah. that's it. But I, okay, no, they just called it Ghost Town. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, there's nothing here. It's all destroyed. Is this a ghost town? Right, and in and in the monsters games, they do like all of nearly all the boss fights are like locations of previous Dragon Quest games one through six. Um, mm-hmm. so you do get like and, and not even when there was a boss like there's i think one of the first locations they show you is um where you meet healy in dragon warrior 4 um and i think there's a boss fight there yeah you because i know um you fight the green dragon you fight the golem these yeah. are some of the early gates yeah, that you've got the golem outside canceling you fight the green dragon yep. in the in the yeah cave. this is where my uh, lack of knowledge of the monsters game starts to show up because i was mostly taking it from the approach of someone who only mostly plays the mainline games so Mm -hmm. yeah so i was kind of lost on some of the finer you know references to uh the monster series yeah there 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 was a lot of like that in the game though where where they just kind of toss in scenes that were throwback from uh, from the previous games so i think that's what this was doing in the book as well showing you hawksness or i think it's called drum dara or dom dara in the remakes um mm-hmm. and uh and having you fight the knight apparent uh knight abhorrent um which you like the iron knight that you fight in the original dragon warrior game to get mm-hmm. urtrix armor so yeah i just saw that as a throwback which i thought was pretty interesting all right so moving on to the eighth knight um next chapter uh, titled so you're the monster hunter everyone's talking about uh, Cleo and his party of three now are still battling, but really, again, it's still just Slib. The other two um, <laughs> are joining in and really doing nothing. Um, one of the defeated monsters runs away, and it's like one of the, uh, oh, what is it? The, the wolf. scare wolves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's is... defeated, <laughs> runs scary. away, and he's yelling about monster hunters. And like Cleo's yelling after him. He's like, no, 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 I'm a tamer, not a mon- monster hunter. Wrong um, game series. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Dragon Lord and Terry are watching this again in the mirror, and Terry mentions something um, about this Dragon Lord being the monster that he himself created. Um, can't remember the whole dialogue right there, but basically, flashback to Cleo. They're meeting this gigantic, huge bear. It's, um, I think it's called it's called a Ursa Mega Monster, and he's many times bigger than Cleo in the book and times everybody Cleo's like, all right, we'll just beat this guy too. But this thing is gigantic and they obviously can't win. The whole party goes running away um, and they get away, but you suddenly get like this can I say camera angle, but the angle of the photo is just like of a boot, somebody approaching the bear and the bear says something about like, Oh, you must be the monster hunter. And Yep, it is. And this guy just slays the Ursa. And the chapter ends with a clear shot of the guy. And it's the Dragon Quest 1 hero. Bum, bum, bum. 
I and feel like that should be self uh, self explanatory considering the volume cover is literally him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The volume cover is him, the dragon lord, and the green dragon with a drake. It's, it's, it's him looking kind of sinister though. <laughs> That's this like evil look. Is it? Kind I of. thought he was like. Looks like looking the dragon lord like, on his team. I don't know. He looks like like when they take. Uh, like like the Erdrich's party from Dragon Warrior three and put him into the monsters and to uh, die no Daibokin and he's evil. <laughs> that's that's the kind of vibe that I got off of like looking at that. I thought he was just kind of playful, like determined, but like yeah, I'm gonna get you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I thought this was like more of a pro monsters thing. So like, well, I, I got a different read off of the next scene. So let's let's go into that one as well. <laughs> All right. So yeah, I mean, a lot of these chapters, it was short. I mean. Basically, you had the little something about Terry saying, I made you to the Dragon Lord and that one battle. And that's it. So that takes us to the ninth night. And the ninth night is called Who's That? Uh, Cleo's having a nightmare. He wakes up to the realization that this world he's come to, it kind of sucks. It is not a world where monsters will be joining him. It's one where everybody's just got to fight to the death. Um, and you see the Dragon Quest flashes over to Dragon Quest One hero. He's battling a skeleton and he asks him where all the people are because all these towns are empty right now. And the skeleton kind of laughs and is like, us monsters killed them all. So the hero says, well, I better get going over to uh, Tantacle Castle. Better go see what's up with that. And Cleo is just kind of still sitting there sad and Slib comes with some food, and it's pretty funny because right then he looks like one of those <laughs> the slimes. What are those big ones? I guess like the big mottled slimes, but he looks like a blob, and he just spits out all these like apples and stuff that he was obviously holding inside of him, and shrinks back down to his normal size. Um, Lime starts telling Cleo about a town nearby, and he just gets up and runs off before even like waiting for the monsters. And Lime mentioned something about, oh, you know, the world used to be this way, but now it's changing because the Dragon Lord stole the Sphere of Light. Um, Cleo gets to the town, but again, it's another empty town. And a big green dragon just kind of like walks out from behind a building and he's the size of a building and starts attacking him. And uh, here's where Liam's son probably got a little bit uh, freaked <laughs> out. Oh, yeah. Uh, because... All of a sudden, Cleo's like hiding and the hero comes and then he just sees like half the dragon's tail sliced off and plop in front of him. And it's the Dragon Quest one hero who did it. Yeah. And this scene makes me um, it it makes me think about like how much more violent a manga could be than like a game from like 1986 where where it's just like a, a monster flashing back and forth when you hit it. In this case, like you're actually seeing like vivid detail of like what a sword can do to a monster and like slicing an actual piece off of it. It reminded me a lot of the uh, the Pokemon Adventures manga where you would just see an Arbok being sliced in half and you would even see like its insides a little bit. Oh, <laughs> I want to say that a magmar gets frozen and then shattered to gl- to glass or whatever at one point too. Yeah, those were I, I was getting those vibes while I was reading this. Like it's a property that was probably meant for younger kids, but it takes it a little bit to uh, to a darker place. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's just a couple like panels that like you didn't have to put in there, and you would have been fine. Right. Yes. I'm surprised. The sorry. I'm surprised the part where the Ursa Mega eats that Draki. I'm surprised that didn't bother your son. Uh, you know, it sort of did because um, since like 
when COVID happened and everyone was in quarantine, um, my parents actually started getting bears in their yard, which is kind of messed up. But like, we don't, you know, they're, they're not, where I grew up, we're not used to seeing that kind of stuff. Like it is very, very rare. A bear would come out of the woods and, and be seen like on the street. Uh, I've never seen one in person. I just heard rumors about it, but like, you know, nature comes to reclaim uh, the wild of the suburbs, you know, and you get like bears in the suburbs. So, um, one of them just like tore apart one of my dad's bird feeders and we had pictures of this like <laughs> it's just like beat up beat up bird feeder next to like a, a big pile of bear shit on the lawn so <laughs> so we're showing this to my son like oh my god a bear took grandpa's bird feeder and then he started having nightmares about what quote unquote a really scary bear so when we got to that part he was already a little freaked out that there was a really scary bear in the book and he was like twice the size of any of the <laughs> any of the normal monsters and pick up two scarewolves by their heads. <laughs> so he was, he was kind of primed to the point of like, right before he was already like not feeling it when we got to the dragon getting cut to pieces. That's when for the first time in his book loving life, he said to me, daddy, I want to stop reading. <laughs> I was like, okay. Uh, and I just felt, yeah, I was like, wow. Yeah. And there goes my father of the year award. <laughs> But uh, and, the year. you're the one who uh, watched the rated R movie with your kids. Which one? No, like in book form here. Oh, yeah. In book form. Yeah. There <laughs> you're uh, the cool dad. Yeah. For me, that but... for me, that was the mummy when I was five. We watched the mummy when I was five. Uh, yeah. I watched like Robocop when I was seven. And that freaked oh. out. That, that was like violent. <laughs> it's like two hours oh, of straight violence. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, all but, right. Yeah. So moving in, moving along because the next chapter just. Obviously, these all kind of go together. Uh, the next one is the Tenth Night, a world where the strongest become the victor, a world where only the strong survive. So, you know, nice little subtitles here. <laughs> and I, I, I like my first summary is the battle's been going on for like 20 pages now. <laughs> the dragon's getting slashed. The hero's getting slammed around. Um, Cleo is like this drafted person in the middle of a war. He's kind of like, holy shit. This is what it means to be a hero. This is what monsters are like. Like, oh my god. Like, I wanted to be a hero, and here they are, like, bloodily slashing each other to death. Like, that that's what that's like. Um, and uh, da, 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 da. he jumps out um, to help the hero. The hero's beat up. And <clears throat> at one point, he's like, oh, you know, this is really, like, the second time he's died so far. It's just an occupational hazard. And then he casts heals on himself, and he jokes, and he's like, well, you know, I don't really die. The monsters just knock me out. They take half my money, and they go dump me at the king. <laughs> I love... <laughs> it's like this, yeah, it's I just have... a huge meta moment. Like, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I absolutely love that that kind of, like, concept. Is like, the monsters aren't going to take all your money. They're just going to take half of it. <laughs> so this is like some sort of pause of the battle i guess and uh like they're making this joke and then the uh hero asks um oh cleo asks if he can heal junior which is the small fry and the hero i guess is the, this is the moment where he kind of just freaks out and realizes this guy's friends with some monsters and uh just at that moment the dragon comes charging back in slib comes in casts sizzle and kills the dragon and hero's really puzzled for a moment and like wow why are monsters helping you um lime takes one look at the hero gets scared and runs away and where the dragon got sizzled all of a sudden 
there's a big hole there in the middle of the town then. And the hero's like, oh, man, I don't know if we should go down there. There's probably a boss down that hole. And again, that <laughs> hole in the ground that you want to jump down, that's <laughs> totally a reference to how you do things in Dragon Quest Monsters, because you just keep running around until you find the hole to go down to the next level. So, uh... Anything about that? I that thought it was struck you. I thought it was kind of cool that the uh, the chapter cover is just the box art for Dragon Quest One. Jeez, I totally missed that. Oh, yep, I'm one. What, what one page is that? Uh, oh yeah, it is. It's uh, page eighty one and eighty eighty. Page eighty and eighty one. Yep. Oh yeah, look at that. That's great. Now, does the box art have half a tail on the dragon? I <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't think so. That's a good point. Took some artistic liberties. Yeah. <laughs> they photoshopped the original. Uh... <laughs> I have so, to say, though, it was funny. This whole chapter is Cleo freaking out about how serious and how big a deal it is to actually fight a monster. And the second he sees a giant hole in the ground that he can't identify, he goes, let's go. Let's do it. Let's jump right in. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was like he started out um, at the end of the last chapter. He was jealous, like, oh, man, that's the hero I always wanted to be. And then by the middle of this chapter, he's like, oh, hell no. Shit, no, I don't, this is not what I wanted to be. But, yep, the, the hole appears. Um, the hero, Dragon Quest hero mentions it. And Cleo's like, boop, right down the hole. <laughs> Do it, yeah. Even hero himself, he's like, um, did you really just jump in that hole? <laughs> like, it could be a trap, you know. Or he just splat at the bottom. Yeah, gravity uh gravity would prevent me from doing that right there <laughs> but in, slime. You know, slime slime before. Slime. it's like in in great manga way you know he he dives in head first too it's not like let's carefully go over the edge yeah. <laughs> let's see if we can climb down with some rope <laughs> fist fist forward man style yeah. <laughs> um my summary for the next chapter is pretty short the next one's the 11th night where a journey where a journey for quote-unquote strength leads. Um, so Hero's still kind of like standing there dazed for a minute, like how in the world can this guy be friends with monsters? But already Cleo's gone, jumping down the hole. Um, and they quickly find themselves in a destroyed brick city. And I, I thought the art here was pretty cool because coming right out of the bricks then are all these golems that surround them, or the golems. But they don't attack. They kind of just seem dead or dazed and cleo sees a door off to the side and hears voices um and goes through the door and you see the dragon from the previous chapter and about there a bunch of other monsters in these like huge they look like the glass balls kind of floating in midair and there's all these pipes or tubes attached to all of them and and i can't remember the name of this monster but it's the little wizard with the one eye and the two wands uh, he's yeah. there yeah yep Yep. Yeah, there's like a blinkster and a jinkster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he says he's there doing evil synthesis. And suddenly Terry's there too. And uh, the dragon lord's there who says, you know, the key is not really breeding. It's just gathering pieces from various monsters and doing evil synthesis way better. And then he turns and he calls Terry Lord Terry. And that's where that one ends. <laughs> Darth Terry. I will say, I thought the Jinxter was, was very relatable. I agree, Fesh quests are stupid. Yes, he's totally meta with all the stuff he's saying. <laughs> Leveling, stupid. You know, Leveling up is meaningless. <laughs> yep, Fesh quests are stupid. <laughs> this is the smart way, the modern way. <laughs> Didn't expect so much political commentary, jeez. 
<laughs> what was the political commentary? Uh, where was it? On video games. It, <laughs> the It's the politics of video games. That's a smart way, the modern way. You know, the power you want is effortless. The monsters you want and nothing but. That's the smart way, the modern way. I was like, oh, that's some political commentary right there. Okay, moving along. The uh, next chapter here with Lord Terry. Um, it's called The Twelfth Night. Ooh, I'm really burning up now. And it begins with a flashback. Um, it starts with Terry as a littler kid meeting Slib and winning the Starry Night Tournament and then going away. And it shows him he's always looking for stronger monsters until like you see him stumble upon Mortimer. And Mortimer kind of leans in and he's like, there's a better way to do this. And he calls it a left-hand way. He's like, there's a left-hand way. And like he gives him this thing called the Jewel of Evil. It's really, it looks like a drop of blood coming from his finger. Um, and Terry holds it kind of like a just a magic ball or something like that. And he he's just like, yes, I'll, this is how I'll do it. Well, Cleo then it goes right back to the present of the story. And Cleo's like, wow, meeting Terry, this is pretty much a letdown. You're like a research geek who's gone wrong. Um, and he's like, well, you know, we, we can fix you. You can come back to Great Tree or something like that. But Terry challenges him right then and there to a monster battle. And then, like, Terry disappears, like, from the scene. Like, you don't see him, like, stay around to challenge him. And Dragon, all right, let's fight. And Slib starts to put up a good fight. He can't do it alone. Uh, Lime actually jumps in for the first time. And she, like, casts, I think, some fireball spell. She's like, how, how about this for the limelight? And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> but it's Hero that comes to the rescue. And, like, right at the end of the chapter, he just slices the Dragon Lord pretty much right in half. Dragon Lord splits. And that's how that chapter ends with that visual. <laughs> I guess that's a critical attack. Yeah. Too bad he wasn't that powerful in the first Dragon Warrior. <laughs> <laughs> one one join, shot the final join, boss. Join me. Join me and you can have half the world. No thanks. He just cuts him in half. <laughs> I, I did like Lime's line when she starts attacking. Like, ah, I try this in the limelight. That was definitely my favorite pun in the whole thing so far. Yep. <laughs> There's a lot of good little ones, but that was the one that I had. To, I was like, oh man, I got to remember to say that tonight. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't. I actually had that in my notes too. I wasn't super into Lime, but I was like, okay, you've earned your spot. I've, I, I accept <laughs> you in in the story now. <laughs> and I like how they brought up Mortimer. I thought that was yeah. He looks. Uh, I, what I liked was how he was like shaded in shadows. He looks like like legitimately pretty spooky and creepy. Mm -hmm. I always really liked his design, even though I didn't like the game he came from. I always thought you know Mortimer was a pretty good looking boss. Always liked the uh, his hands. Yeah, he's a, he's a pretty fun boss fight because there's a there's a challenge to like you, you have to get him in the right order, like the the right you have to attack the right hand or he's gonna like they're, they're, or the correct hand anyway um or which was right. which is why i was like wondering about that quote i know of a secret way a left hand path that will gain you even more strength i thought that might have been a reference to how you have to fight him it's yeah it's entirely possible and in the image he's only got one hand reaching out towards terry and it's his mm -hmm. left hand yeah, it's his left hand yeah i think yeah. in a left... couple different images it's like that too yeah yeah, I mean, my the most memories I've have of Mortimer fighting in, uh, in Dragon Quest Nine more than more than in six, and in definitely in nine you have to fight. I think it's the left hand first, um, 
which appears on the right side is his left hand um or otherwise it's it's the hand that has the magic to revive either the head or the right hand mm-hmm. i literally fought him last year before the year ended i don't even remember all those little strategies are not the uh, most long <laughs> long-term memory things <laughs> oh no i remember having to like dig up an old guide on how to go where and when because i was in a weird spot on the map oh my god it was a nightmare in six in six yeah I, yeah i, I mean that's I, that's standard <laughs> <laughs> I I, uh, I had pretty much done everything but beat Mortimer, and at that point I was level grinding and grinding out um uh, uh the what do you call it like vocation stuff vocations yeah I was grinding out vocations and I just kind of dropped it and then I didn't pick it up for several years and then I remembered oh yeah like five years previous I asked people to remind me how to go there from the last time I dropped the game. <laughs> so I just pulled, <laughs> so I dug that up and like, I think it was Iggy who told me how to do stuff in that particular topic. So I just followed his advice and fought him and like, I want to say it took me like 10 minutes. I was, I completely forgot how quick and easy his, um, his dungeon is. It is a pretty short one. Cause I mean, you got to battle him a bunch of times or no, does he have challenges that you can beat him multiple um, times or no? I remember. It seemed like it was meant to be more of a puzzle, but if you knew all the answers to the puzzle, you could just zoom right up to him. Uh, at that point, I was incredibly overleveled, so I just plowed through any encounters I had, and then I just went right up to him. And I actually didn't have much trouble beating him. It wasn't too hard when you know the strategy of how to you know, finish him off. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So, yeah, I, I really like that he was in this one, and he was like the ultimate evil that somehow turned Terry in this book into uh, doing some of the bad things here. Turned him to the dark side. Yep. He's the emperor to uh, little old Anakin here. We've swung back to Star Wars from Star Trek again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so two chapters left. Um, the uh, Dragon Lord, the next one's the 13th night. Uh, called If I Could Save the World. The Dragon Lord is still just like standing there chopped in half. (laughs) (laughs) And the hero's like celebrating and goes on for a couple pages. They're chatting. And then the Dragon Lord is just like, Eh, cast mid heal and he's all good like i thought that was a little bit low level of a spell to uh <laughs> put your body back together um, <laughs> um and oh i i see actually i was a little incorrect this is the chapter with lime yelling limelight but whatever they're all attacking again and the battle kind of somehow ends for a moment with the hero chopping the dragon lord now into four pieces he uses the now secret... i want i want you this is your yeah, go ahead. You tell this one. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was going to tell you, I want you to read what you're seeing after he goes, take this. And I know it's called like the Erdrickian something. It's, it says Edrickian. Sort oh, of. yeah. Look at that. That's total typo. Yeah. So much for that. Edric is actually how I read <laughs> it. How I read it when I was like 10, you know, and I, I was like playing <laughs> Dragon Warrior. That I, for whatever reason, I called him Edric until... Uh, I don't know. Years later, when I when I replayed it, and I was like, "Oh, it's actually Archer." Yeah, yeah, they totally uh, messed that one up. And yeah, it, it's called the Super Slash Phoenix Cross. And this one chops the Dragon Lord into four pieces instead of two. <laughs> so you know what? Um, you need, need a stronger hero spell for that one. Yeah, he does 148 um, damage. It, yes, it's a heroic that's, attack. That's fantastic that they actually like list the HP damage. In the in the manga, 
it, yeah, it does. Little Limelight's attack does 14, and uh, Slib, he's doing his maxed, maxed out attack buffet from the slime family. Um, doesn't really say what it is. Just gives you the zwonk, and I guess he basically punches the uh, dragon lord in the belly. That does 87. But yeah, the heroic attack to do 148. And again, they, they're celebrating. We probably beat him. Um, but the dragon lord, you kind of see him like chopped into pieces, but his arms are grabbing the hero from behind because the hero's turned his back on <laughs> another guy he thought he defeated. Um, and he casts this portal spell, and the hero gets all mad, like, how dare you cast a spell on me? But he's basically sucked into a portal, and he's like, you know what? I really want to come back and meet you again, Cleo. Um, you know, if ever the world needs saving, I'll try to be there. And then he's gone. And the Dragon Lord, again, kind of like towards the end of the last book, he turns into his dragon form, boasts a little bit, and then, like, kind of out of nowhere... <laughs> The exact same monster, the exact same dragon, <laughs> just comes in and just like bites him in the neck, kills him dead. And he's like, I'm the real dragon lord. And he's like pretty pissed off that this other copy like was pretending to rule his world. And he just flies off. It's like just a couple panels. <laughs> like, nope, I'm the real dragon lord. You know, peace out. Gone. <laughs> yeah, one bite. He's gone. You know, so child. then. That supports the there's several dragon lords theory. Yeah. Like they're a race yeah. of monsters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he says, child of man, etch this upon your heart. We are the being known as dragon lord. We are the king of the proud dragons. We are the supreme ruler of this world. And then he just goes and flies away. I like that comment. The uh, child of man, etch this upon your heart. I think next time I get into like a political argument on Facebook, <laughs> I'm going to start. I'm going to lead with that. <laughs> Etch this into your heart, foolish uh, mortal. Now you need to record yourself. Well, I'm just going to get that audio clip and start posting it everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that was a pretty dramatic thing there at the end. And it, it kind cert- of... Exp- it was certain your, certainly your classic Shonen uh, last-minute ass poll. <laughs> <laughs> Can't come up with a way to have the hero save the day, so let's just drop something in to rescue him. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely uh, too early for uh, Cleo to be beating up <laughs> dragon lords. So the only people who can beat a dragon lord takes one to beat one. <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of weird to see the dragon lord murdering himself. Yeah. <laughs> is that murder or suicide? <laughs> that there's Another your philosophical, philosophical discussion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Child of man, discuss this. <laughs> Etch this upon your heart. So. The uh, next chapter is the last one in this book. Um, it's the last one we're going to talk about tonight, because if you've stayed with us this long, you're probably like, oh, my God, how does this end? <laughs> um, <laughs> but as this dragon lord just flies off, um, Warabu appears. He makes fun of Cleo for basically doing nothing. <laughs> you know, he's like, you just watch the real dragon lord take out the fake one. I mean, you didn't do anything. Um, but he casts Omni Heal. All the monsters are back. Um, they even make comment of it like, oh, he mu- that must be Omni Heal. And then they zoom back to Great Tree and everybody's happy there. And again, this is what happens in Dragon Warrior Monsters, Dragon Quest Monsters. Every time you beat the boss of the Traveler's Gate, you get healed and you travel back to the uh, area. So they zoom back to Great Tree. Everybody's happy there. 
Um, Mamon surmises that Terry must be looking for some ultimate monster, but then he starts going off like maybe Cleo might be the ultimate monster and you're the ultimate monster master and really maybe that's who Terry's looking for. Um, Junior and Lime decide that they're now back and they haven't been battling anyway. You know, they should just get it on and uh, breed themselves. So they go into the temple and out pops the uh, Drake slime, because that's what you get when you have a slime bred with a dragon monster. And his name is uh, Delime. <laughs> like, I'm like, mm, th- this isn't the most interesting name, but I don't know if that's like a reference back to like the limitations of how many letters you could put in. Back oh, maybe. In, uh, yeah, maybe. the dialogue we got of him so far, I really, really hope we don't have to uh, read a lot of his texts. Yeah. <laughs> Might so... to meet you. <laughs> I hope he gets bred a lot more. <laughs> but the uh, book ends back with, uh, or the, yeah, the book ends, they're back in the, uh, up at the monster farm. And all of a sudden, Cleo's wooden sword hits him on the head, and he kind of looks up in the air, and Mamon's uh, Shenlon is flying through the air, kind of dropping that back on his head. And he remembers dropping that sword back in the um, world he just came from. So he's like, oh, I guess defeating that dragon lord freed Shenlon from being there. We've undone the evil synthesis. Um, and then there's a funny little couple things at the end with uh Lyman Jr. They're back sitting at the uh <laughs> what is it back at the uh Minister of Monsters office. Yeah, that's it. And Monsters. they're like, wait a minute, I thought you're supposed to run away after you guys breed. They're like, eh, whatever. <laughs> and that's where this ends us. So I I think all of us have we haven't read any farther than this, have we? Uh, I skimmed through some of Volume 3, but I didn't really read it. Mm-hmm. And th- I think that's where I'm at. I just saw him in some ice world. Yeah, so. I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not up to Book 3 yet, but I probably will be soon, um, because Pendy said there's nudity in it. <laughs> <laughs> Why else would I have skimmed Book 3 today? Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, well, I guess the, uh, the reason that came up today is... Um, I, I had the book at work today trying to finish up the last couple summaries and I had it sitting kind of like right in the middle of my desk right next to my computer when my first class came in and whatever the kids are all doing stuff on their side of the room the book sitting in the middle of my desk nobody's ever around my desk especially we've trained the kids at school this year like you know everything you touch I have to clean between classes and they're pretty good about not wandering around putting their hands everywhere um, but guidance counselor follows the class in and she's like oh hey matt do you mind if i i need to observe this kid for the next half hour do you mind if i just sit at your desk and i was like uh, okay my desk <laughs> is an absolute mess with a manga book sitting right in the middle of it and like she sits down at my desk i turn to say something to the class they're finding their seats where their name tags are and the assistant headmaster is like right at my door <laughs> and I open the door for her and she comes in. She's like, oh, do you mind if I, I need to talk to the guidance counselor for a little bit? So I, I go about teaching my class and these two are just like having a meeting over my desk for like 15, 20 minutes. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, OK, don't judge me, guys. That's just what's sitting there. But I took a picture of that and Pendy's like, oh, my God, is that the one with nudity? Did you leave it open to that page? <laughs> I was like, no, nah, I don't think that's that one. <laughs> I feel you, though. Uh, one time, while I was still living with my folks, my grandmother came to visit, and uh, I let her sleep in my bedroom, and I just have, like, a shelf of manga 
like near my bed. And uh, the next day she goes, I, I think she thought it was just like comics because she was like, Evan, I was like, <laughs> I'm going through all your, your books. And I was like, you read this kind of stuff? And I was like, oh, because I had like prison school, had prison school and volume, stuff like oh. that. <laughs> oh no Ugh. oh it's funny that you bring up prison school because i actually associate that with um with both of you because <laughs> you know you're the one who brought it up and a couple times have you mentioned stuff on the den and i was like oh i'll check that out well god i must have read freaking hundreds of chapters i don't know how many hundreds but i mean like i must have read dozens of chapters and liam it was the year that um i met you up in new york and it was that it was literally while i was in new york that entire week because my wife uh our son had just turned one and like he had been literally attached to her for an entire year the kid never took a bottle and we finally started weaning him on the food and dumped him off at grandma's and we're like we're flying to new york for 10 days peace out <laughs> so it was like her first 10 days away from a baby in an entire year and all she wanted to do she's like listen we can stay out at late as we want you know we were getting back to my uh aunt's apartment that she had there at like one in the morning sometimes getting the last trains up to uh the bronx but she would sleep in till 10 in the morning like every day <laughs> she's like we don't have a baby i'm sleeping in don't wake me up we'll have plenty of time to do stuff so i'd be up at like 7 a.m which was sleeping in for me and i'd be like well what the hell am i gonna do in my aunt's apartment with like nothing but an ipad or a phone here so i i must have read prison school for like 15 hours <laughs> Over the course of that week, just every morning flipping through stuff. So it's always the dirty stuff I recommend too. It is all the dirty stuff. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm playing. What was it, Gal Gun? And you're like, oh, what's that? Oh, I'll try that. And you try it like the day after I mentioned it. Yep. I was like, okay, I, I see it. I played for 20 minutes. I saw a lot of panties. Saw a lot of bras. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. We. I just my. Um, I'm in Cape Cod right now, and my wife's friends are visiting um, from Japan, and uh, well, they live here uh, in. They live down in New York, but. Um, but they're uh, they're over from Japan, and and they're uh, we had this whole conversation about like um, art and depraved porn, and the fact that like in Japan, um, like guys can be so skeevy that they actually have to have separate uh, cars on the trains specifically for women to prevent them getting groped, and you know like the, stuff like that, and just. Um, they were saying that you know, neither of them wanted to date uh, Japanese guys because of that. Um, like that, that, that stigma is pretty like prevalent. The fact that it's, it's appearing so, um, blatantly in the manga is a reflection on the culture and how like, um, uh, fetish focused they are, uh, hmm. in a certain way. And then you know, like that, a lot of that has to do with like the maid cafes and the cuddle cafes, um, you know, for people who can't, um, date normally. So they, they go to these, uh, um, cafes to kind of fulfill a, an emotional need um but there's uh yeah there's definitely a lot of that is just like a window into um certain aspects of the culture yeah like i i have a subscription to um that uh shonen jump that digital shonen jump and they have most every series in it and uh i'm i'm surprised how often uh, really uh, skeevy, inappropriate things just kind of pop up out of nowhere in the middle of uh, some random series. Like, I don't know, like, uh, what was it? Uh, 
uh, We Never Learn, uh, with the, the Two Love Rue guy just started a new series. They don't even have that on the app anymore. They have it on the website. You can't read it on your phone. <laughs> there was a random chapter of uh, Chainsaw Man, which is pretty gory, I would just like to say. A lot of violence, a lot of gore, tons of blood, but they put one chapter exclusively on the website because the chapter cover just has full frontal nudity and uh, women making out. <laughs> that's what happened in chainsaw massacre movies this is literally like a thing for young boys yeah well i i did i did you know we were drinking last night i i did have quite a bit of sake and we were talking like i i was asking my wife's friends about like the whole tentacle porn thing and like you know and their basic response to that was basically like you know it's it's made because people buy it you know, like they, there's yep. an audience, there's an audience for that. Yeah. So, I and that, 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 that could be said for any, any type of fetish based stuff. Yeah. I mean, if no one was buying it, they wouldn't be making it. Yep. Yeah. All right. So uh, speaking of fetish stuff, Liam, you want to, uh, <laughs> you want to do our last little segment here? <laughs> uh, well, no, we, 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 I don't want to skip over Mary Thwack Puff Puff. Oh, well, I, um, I was actually getting that. That's, oh, you know, oh, right. talking so, about Puff Puffs and uh, Mary, who you put in oh, here. I'm so, sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. I thought you meant the other, <laughs> oh, the, <that's>... the other <laughs> finished based story. I guess I should have been more clear. I, yeah, no, no. We, we will get to part two of the, uh, the ballet discussion that we were originally going to have. But, uh, um, yeah, so let's get, let's start with Mary Thwack, uh, Puff Puff, if you're still with us. Uh, <laughs> um so we could have made this one easier for you with like you know machiko and omelette but uh here's what we got for you all right so um lime mammon and wataboo marry thwack puff puff you know wataboo didn't seem very reliable to me so that's definitely not a mary i definitely definitely get more of a uh more of a puff puff vibe from him um Lime seemed a lot more matronly, so that's definitely a Mary. And who was the other one? Mammon. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely Thwack. <laughs> You're going to Thwack the old guy? He's, yeah, I mean, he's almost there. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even a crime. They have uh, COVID there? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that's a good question. Probably not, because this is pre, uh, you know, pre-2020. Oh, this is... 2001 <laughs> these things are done oh yeah that's <laughs> true we're judging by the original japanese they would be really ahead of the game if they had covid at great tree <laughs> yeah so the mama wouldn't even probably wouldn't be alive so i mean it's kind of a non-issue <laughs> oh i i can't i cannot disagree with his logic in any of those picks yeah i mean what i will say wataboo and waraboo in this in this series right now i i can't figure out like who's good who's bad Whatever. War I mean, was classic Sundere. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like if if Dwayne were on, he would definitely puff puff Mammon because just for <laughs> just for shock value. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't I don't know. This is a tough one because I probably am not interested in doing any of these three things with any of them. <laughs> uh, I guess. Uh, well, yeah, I don't. I would probably thwack. thwack. Some, I was gonna say so. As some eagle-eared people uh, and very intelligent people have told us in the past, thwack is the one that affects the whole party. So uh, when we came up with the name of this, oh crap! Yeah, I never thought about that. This is like episode twenty-five, and we're just realizing. <laughs> Now, someone pointed out this to me very soon afterwards, and I'm like, ah, whatever, it's already there. I made the graphic. Uh, <laughs> well, what, well, what lead is... with 
whack, and then there's nothing left. Oh, whack is the single person. Whack is the single one. Oh, man. Do we have to, like, do we have to retcon everything? <laughs> nope. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> I guess, like, it fails most of the time. So you could say, like, all right, well, which one is the thwack actually going to take effect on? <laughs> but that's, that's I'm, I'm reaching there. Um, but yeah, uh, this, this is a tough one because like, you know, my instinct is to thwack Wadabu because he's like the child abductor. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, I guess I, I'm not going to marry the child abductor. So I guess I got to puff puff him, which is kind of messed up and, uh, and still thwack Mammon because (laughs) I'm not going to puff puff the old dude. And then Lime, I just married by default. I don't know how her husband would feel about that, though. Who's, who's Lime's husband again? Uh, Junior? Uh, the uh, small fry at the end? Uh, they got okay. married. Well, they have a kid. Okay. Well, I'd, th- I'd have to thwack him, too. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. So uh, before we forget, we did have one holdover story from the uh, ballet episode um, that I was saving just just for EAL, because, Ooh. or just for EAL. Um <laughs> Uh, specifically uh, because the subject branched off from the original topic of uh, Dragon Quest Ballet, eventually moved on to talk about the more fan-made Dragon Quest Porn Ballet, um, which was a uh, a clip that was uh, circulating on on the um, adult site Pornhub back in the days where uh, it was actually just like a random uh, naked girl dancing to Koichi Sugiyama's music, like the orchestral (laughs) themes. As um, intended. Yes, yeah, as yeah, <laughs> as he was originally intended, <laughs> intending to do when he wrote the music. Uh, so, um, and I had eventually written this whole thing out um, as an outline to kind of like lead into that because we were happened to be talking about ballet that led into porn discussions. Um, and I know Eel is a big Simpsons fan, so I had this kind of speaking of porn oh, yeah. segue segue into this story um so basically like back in 2002 um when i was working at mtv networks and the simpsons was simpsons season two was like coming out of on dvd um i'd heard this rumor that a local uh shop near times square like uh, like a block away from times square was selling um dvds like two weeks before they came out. Um, and so I was like, oh, awesome. Simpsons is coming out soon. So I'm going to go there and like buy the DVD. So I went um, and it was a small shop. Um, it was pretty standard like DVD shop. It had like the curtain in the back with like the adult section. It was a small, um, small shop in the front. Uh, and then it had just like a random staircase. Um, so I just went in, I bought my DVD. Um, I asked the shop keep like a question and then I left um, and I went back to my coworkers and I was like oh dude check this out I got the Simpsons 2 DVD uh, like t- you know weeks before it came out and one of my coworkers was like you know that's a front for a porn store right and I was, I was like oh, yeah 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 of course, of course yeah yeah who, who, who didn't know that and then it was then it was in that moment that I realized that the small shop was like a quarter of the place and the majority of the store was like behind the curtain <laughs> and so like the majority of the store was like the was all the it was just a front for like the the um porn dvds that they had and the question that i asked the shopkeep was like hey what's upstairs and the guy said viewing booths so like if i didn't have to go back to work i was going to be like oh cool can i take this up to the booth and watch it and like, <laughs> I, I legitimately was like super close to doing that but i had to get back to work um 
And yeah, like that's how super naive I was. Like, and you know, we talk, we we joke about how naive I am. Like, um, Platy comes up with these like generic synopsis for a game he hasn't played, and I'm like, oh, that sounds awesome. And he's like, that's every RPG, <laughs> you know. And I, I'm I'm just I want to believe that. Like, I I want I want to uh, to believe in that. But You're yeah. Bolder. You want yeah, to believe. I want to believe. Um, but yeah, I almost went up to a to a, a, a pornographic viewing booth to watch a Simpsons DVD. So that's <laughs> it's that's... a pornography store. You were buying pornography. <laughs> <laughs> what is on that Simpsons DVD? Yeah, well, I, I do feel like I if I went up there, I would had to complain about like you know streaks on the glass or something. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Are can we I sure it was the Simpsons or the? Or the Simp Sons. What's that? Oh. Are we sure it was the Simpsons or the Simp Sons? Was it called not the Simpsons? Uh, <laughs> it was definitely the Simpsons season two. Uh, okay. We're just making porn jokes again. Okay. <laughs> I, wasn't again, even good again, either. No, no, but it was the only one out in 2002. Besides, uh, yeah. Season one. Yeah. But it did. I think it ended with Blood Feud, so that was like the start of some of the good episodes. Was it Blood Feud? I thought it was um, the one with uh, Danny DeVito as, as his brother. Oh uh, well, maybe I'm thinking of like it was like Blood Feud was like towards the end of season two, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think it was like one of the. Um, yeah, that was also was that that the one where they get Ekstapalapaketzel in their basement, like the giant Olmec Indian head. Oh yeah, and then that it's was, there, uh, like continuity yeah continuity like it's like there for the rest of the the season like whenever they go down to to like do laundry in the basement the olmec (laughs) indian head is like in the background but anyway so that's yeah that's how i i naively almost watched uh simpsons in a porn store (laughs) that's uh, probably watch trash your stuff in there yeah right that's the beauty of like times square like that times square used to be all porn stores and then like giuliani um came in and like disney disney fight it um after the like at some point in the late 90s um and then it just like they literally put a disney store in times square um and moved, moved all like the strip clubs and and porn shops like a block or two over like eighth and ninth avenue no wonder he's not running new york anymore <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it was it was funny if you like if you were in the nine if you were in the nineties and you were in Times Square, it was completely different than like a you know, if you were in, in the early two thousands by then it was like family friendly and like tourist friendly. Yeah, I was down there when I was a little kid back in the early two thousands. Remember the uh Madame Tussauds? Oh yeah. That, yep. that Ferris wheel and uh, and Toys R Us. And Toys R Us, yeah, I miss yeah. that. I wonder if it's still is it not there anymore. It is definitely not there. Yeah, Toys oh. R Us is gone. Ugh. Although a lot of stuff is probably gone at this point. <laughs> All right. Well, I think this brings us to the end of our discussion tonight. Um, we, we, we've gone from Star Wars to Star Trek to Star Wars to Star Trek to The Simpsons to porn. And <laughs> everywhere in between and we sideways. and every emotion. <laughs> you know, we when, we'll just bring the NFL into this, too. Um, writing these little summaries of the books and like, oh, yeah, we'll talk about this on the podcast tonight. Running through my head is that like disclaimer that they have at the end of every NFL game. This broadcast is copyrighted by NFL Productions for the private use of our audience. Any other use of this telecast or any pictures, descriptions, or accounts of the game without the consent of NFL Productions is prohibited. I'm going to get in trouble for summarizing these books. (laughs) Remember, it's the big game.
Not the Super Bowl. That's the big game, yep. Go come buy your food for the big game. They're literally advertising for their show, and they won't let them call it the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, prefer we... the, uh, I prefer the superb owl. <laughs> with the... Uh... <laughs> Oh, that 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 Westy, yeah, or the what the Westy picture of uh, was it foul eye? Oh, I don't know. Like well, every year, Westy posts like uh, happy super happy superb owl Sunday, and it's like picture of foul eye from Dragon Quest Nine. <laughs> <laughs> I came across him today trying to find the name of that one eyed little wizard guy. It's in the uh, back of the book as the encyclopedia. Oh, that's right. Oh yeah. Yeah, at the end of these books, they do have little pictures of all the monsters that appear in the game with their yeah. names. Yeah. Oh, cool. Is it? Oh, it's just like specifically that book. Here's all the monsters that appear in this yeah. book. Yep, it's the oh, Jinxter. Yeah. Yep, this monster yeah. is obsessed with evil synthesis. It synthesizes <laughs> many different monsters under Terry's direction. Mm. Yeah, Mortimer's there in his final evolution. Oh, I mentioned there was a wizard earlier. I'm sorry. It was the press digit. Tater. Press, press the digitator. Yeah, press I, the think, digitator, yep. I think you were right, though. He was a wizard in the original Dragon Warrior. They just yeah, kind of, it was just long. Yeah, they just elongated his name for the uh, <laughs> remakes. Yep, since they could fit more than uh, six words in there, six letters or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and with that note, that's it for this episode of Slime Time. We want to thank uh, EAL, Eel, for <laughs> joining us to talk about. Um, the only official manga that's ever been released, right? This is the only official Dragon Quest one that's come this Yeah, what's way. up with that? I don't think we've even had a die yet. No, uh, not officially. Not officially, yeah, but it's floating around there. Yeah. <laughs> Just check out my uh, Twitter. I posted about it yesterday. Um, <laughs> so thanks so much for joining us. Not a problem. Thank you so much, Eel. Yeah. Sorry, you will always be eel to me. <laughs> <laughs> My first memory of you is will always be the fact that I spelled Spider-Man without the hyphen, and you just like, <laughs> oh, you just went off on me. <laughs> it was just like I was like, holy shit, I'm never doing that again. <laughs> Spider-Man doesn't even like when people do that. Yeah, that's great. I all, I love that that gag where it's like, <laughs> how does he even see that they're not pronouncing it with a hyphen? Yeah. I think that's been posted on the dead more than a few times. Like, wait a minute, are you pronouncing that without the hyphen? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, other than that gag, uh, some other stuff you might have noticed uh, is that the only time we ever mention Patreon on our episodes are when we say we don't use Patreon. We're just longtime fans that want to speak about the game series we know and love so much. If you do have any money you would like to donate, consider sliding on over to the Dragon's Den at www.wudus.com den. Click on support this site. Wudus has owned and maintained the Dragon's Den site for over 20 years. I'm sure he'd appreciate any donation. You can use his Amazon affiliate links to make any purchases. Um, you can order Dragon Quest 11S. You can order the Dragon Quest Monsters Plus books there. Um, and a small fraction of the sale will go to support the den and if you're looking if you're an advertiser and you're looking for a great podcast to spend lots of ad revenue on reach out to us <laughs> at slime podcast at gmail.com if you have any comments or questions for us you can find us on twitter at platym3 or at realmu celestrian or hit us up both simultaneously at dq slime time and uh eel do you use twitter or uh, instagram or anything you want to plug i'm totally off social media i'm only on the den really okay <laughs> good for you 
Like I said, if not for this podcast, my world would be shrinking that way, too. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. speaking of joining the den, you know, consider joining in tons of DQ discussions at the Dragon's Den forums. Uh, we're one of the, more, the few remaining uh, Dragon Quest forums. I think probably the only Dragon Quest forums still around. Um, you can find it from the Dragon's Den main page or at www.wudis.com slash forums. I'm always there crazily posting about stuff. Um, whatever's going on, whatever I'm playing, whatever we see the die stuff or uh, fan translations, whatever's coming out. Um, we'd love to always thank everybody who makes this podcast possible, like uh, Brian, a.k.a. Woodis, for his support of the series and this podcast, and for keeping the Dragon's Den's lights on for decades now. And thanks to Amanda Lepre and the Descendants of Erdrich for allowing us to use their music for our podcast. Uh, Descendants of Erdrich is a video game co- tribute band from Austin, Texas. Check them out in their most recent album, Advent at uh, www.descendantsofurdrick.com or on Twitter at D of Erdrick. And check out their uh, band leader, Amanda Lepre, on Twitch. Always thanks to Dwayne Bullock, our wonderful graphic artist slash Dragon Quest fan, for making the awesome artwork cover for this podcast. Dwayne was on the original iteration of Slime Time podcast way back up then um and he's been on other episodes as well you can check out more of his work at Dwayne art on instagram or check out his website at dwaynebullockart.bigcartel.com and if you're looking for more dragon quest slime time check out our earlier episodes on dragon's den anchor fm itunes spotify youtube and more bye everyone dragon quest slime time sliming off (laughs) 